As like uh, host is just a character you play, as yeah. opposed to just Matt's. Matt's not a real host. He just plays one on TV. I'm a role player. That's the what it is. He, with the mostest. He's like one of those hosts that's like secretly a plant in the play, and you don't find out until the final or like the third act. Ooh. I kind of yeah. like that. I Matt's mean, probably noticed like, the leaves. Yeah, I mean, Matt, you did go to school in Thespian Town, USA. That's. I didn't know that was a name for it, but yes. Is that. Can that be the name for it? I don't know. I, I hereby grant you permission okay. as host of Off the Crossbar, Ray Salt Lake podcast. And this is episode 112. Nice. I think. That's I'm not gonna, up on us. I'm, I'm just going to double check, but. I think it's 112. What happened you know, to 111? I, because I already have a lot of questions about your hosting capabilities. <laughs> you do? <laughs> you don't even know what episode it is. No, it's 112. I definitely knew that. The doc is it... says the last one was 110. Oh, okay. we didn't do a doc for, the, for 111. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. It was dockless. Oh, hold no on. docking found. Uh, I feel like a one, doc would have just was, made that even more chaotic. There yeah. was one doc there. That's that was me. Oh, oh. nice. Had to work that in, didn't you? Yeah, Colin was there. Okay, it's in the dock now. Thank you. It's like, how do you find the vegetarian in the room? Don't worry, they'll tell you. How do you find the doctor in the room? Don't worry, they'll tell you. Mm. He does introduce. There's a true medical emergency, and then for some reason, Colin always shrinks. No, I performed. I performed many surgeries, uh, just not with uh, a lot of good outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been what two weeks? Over two weeks since we recorded. It's been a little while. My mom asked me where we've been, when we're going to record a new episode, and I said probably this week. Told her this yeah. on Sunday. Promise kept. Yeah. <laughs> so mission accomplished. Yeah. What's going? What's uh? You know, we're we're in the uh, we're in a wall a bit. I saw some discussion on Reddit, people talking about why Justin Glad. Um, well, okay, okay, sorry. So let me back up. First World Cup coming. That's coming up. First World Cup since um, it was like two thousand something that we haven't had. Two thousand eighteen, the first World Cup since then. No, since two thousand two, this is the first time the men's national team roster at the World Cup will not have an RSL player. On the, on the roster. Did you get that from a tweet by Lucas Muller? Oh, I didn't. I saw it on Reddit. So no, oh, sorry. I didn't see it no, mine Lucas. was more of a more of a joke than that. <laughs> what what was, was yours, fir- Lucas? This is the first time in 12 years uh, the U.S. has gone to a men's World Cup without Kyle Beckerman and Nick Romando. <laughs> Very good stuff. That is true. Yeah, it's kind of depressing, Lucas. Yeah, it kind of is. But anyway, somebody was asking about Justin Glad potentially being like a center back for the national team. He's very, very far down the depth chart at this point. I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing. I do like Justin Glad, but um, yeah. Anyway, so the world the World Cup starts. Is it is the first game Sunday or Saturday? Sunday the first game is nine? Sunday morning. I think it's six a.m. All right. I think it's so a here's nine the thing. No, it could be a nine. I don't know. It's, yeah, I don't know. So are like the games, I know all all of the men's the US men's national team games are at noon mountain time. Yeah. Um, I, I just know the, the first game is Qatar Ecuador, right? Sunday Qatar Ecuador, Ecuador 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, that's good. So what are like the earliest games? Like, are we going to have to, is three, this like 3 a.m.? No. There's a bunch. There's almost like, there are times where it's like there's one a day that's 3 a.m. I woke up at 3 a.m. once this week. Right. Last week? Last it was week. La- yeah, it was last week. On purpose? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was technically like 3.30. It, it was, was technically crazy. it was technically four thirty when we corrected to the one true time zone. So oh, that's wait one two. What's the one true time zone? Mountain, Mountain time. time. The best time for sports. Because you get West Coast games wait. at a reasonable hour. You get East Coast uh, games blah, blah, right blah, after blah, work. Blah 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 blah. Wait a sec. Are you guys, are you guys like uh, standard time truthers? No, no, I no Mountain yeah, time just, truthers. Just Mountain, Mountain time truthers. Wait. Whether it's MDT oh, or MST, sorry, I'm all about saying, the MT. Is it because you're in California? Is that what you're referring yeah. to? Okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about when we switched back to standard time from daylight savings time. He what? keeps erasing my achievement of waking up early. Maybe we'll Listen. get this in social hour, but why are all you guys in California all the time? Uh, yeah, the the two of you guys are always sharing hotel rooms in San Francisco. I don't know what's going on with that, but I... It's great. It's good I mean, <laughs> I'm in California for different reasons than whatever Matt and Ian are doing. Ian, yeah. when you go to San Francisco, do you fly out of the IF airport or what's what's going on? I, I flew out of Salt Lake this time. Okay. Uh, I flew out of Salt Lake oh, last time, actually. Right, I you drove down that yeah. snowy day to catch up. Yes, okay. I survived that trip. So. OK, that makes sense. Yeah. What's the there isn't there. There is like a is it a regional airport in Idaho Falls or. Yeah, so I okay. could fly to Salt Lake and then fly out of Salt Lake, but. It's typically like almost double or at least a substantial increase over just driving to Salt Lake and flying out of Salt Lake. Uh, And it takes me more time to get through my airport and fly to Salt Lake than it would to just drive, especially in light of the snowstorm that we had that morning is those flights were super delayed. And so the fact that I was able to just point my Subaru in a direction and go with god i i made it in pretty decent time so oh that's awesome yeah well i guess that well okay we didn't even mention that on this episode today trevor is not joining us because he is dnp coach's decision but uh matt kyle pod dr colin and ian and lucas wait oh i named myself i was like why am i i'm like looking at you i called lucas kyle (laughs) sorry lucas i just see you know, I see you as my future self, so I called you Cotton. Oh. Anyway, so it's the five of us today. Um, should we should we do a little socializing? How how about it? Yeah. I was worried that we were gonna skip social hour and just talk about soccer, so that'd be great. Not a chance. I have it on good authority that there's people that listen to this just for social hour. I've had multiple people tell me that in the last few weeks, so I feel like it it people would be skip. we'd be remiss to skip it. Yeah, I mean we've yeah. got my parents, Kyle's mom. Yeah. My friend yeah, Simon. Not my father, That's all you need. Definitely my mom. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, okay. So Lucas asked why you guys were in California. So please enlighten us. Tell us at least one of you can start with social hour and tell us what was going on in, in the old Bay Area. Not all at once. Uh, yeah. No. So Ian and I both went to California for GitHub Universe, which is a tech conference in san francisco so there you go that's uh more importantly we stayed in japantown and had delicious food for like four days straight 
Okay, Matt. So with Japantown and Japanese food and mm -hmm. gluten stuff, how do you? Japanese food isn't like one of my staples, just because they generally uh, use wheat noodles for a lot of things. Um, yeah, so I did a lot of rice, as you might imagine. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then since I reintroduced soy sauce, that made it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, you could probably do like miso soup. Oh no, that's that's got a lot of soy in it. Uh, yeah, I mean, Japanese I food would be tough for you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's Maybe like, like fresh sushi. I think yeah. So like sushi and like rice is yeah. like what's what's crazy. Like I don't eat a lot of Japanese food except for sushi, in which case I eat a lot of it. That's great. I think that's a good choice because it's good. But anyway, I love rice though. Is the thing. But yeah, um, anyway, this isn't my update. How was how was the uh, the great city city on yeah. the bay, the Golden yeah. City? It was good. Uh, Ian, how many different cuisines did we try? Was it five? So I know we had Japanese. We had Korean. Pizza, Korean. Uh, Pakistani. Pakistani. Is that all? <laughs> I feel like that, there was a fifth. That's a lot. How long were you guys there? Just a couple days? Was it three days? Yeah. Uh, three nights? So uh, when we got the parking you know, t certificate thing to pay for parking as we left Salt Lake. Sure. We, it was two days, 23 hours and 59 minutes. Like we had missed the three day mark by mm. one minute, which was kind of wild to see on the, that on the ticket. Wild. Yeah. Would you have gotten charged for like a third day if you were there for that third day? Or no? I mean, it'd be like two bucks more, I think. Oh, well. So it wouldn't be too bad. Okay. Um, but before I was in San Francisco, I was in Seattle for the Northwest Chocolate Festival. Wow. Uh, so since we've recorded last, you've gone to both Seattle and San Francisco. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it was great. Were uh, you, have you already been in Seattle this year? It was. No. I was there more recently, but Matt, okay. I, was that earlier this year? or was That, that was last year. Last year, okay. Yeah, we tend to go in November. Okay. Hey, Matt, great, I know you good. went to uh, Baca Bac. I did. Capitol uh, Hill. Excellent recommendation. Lucas uh, actually also has been there, I believe. Or did oh. you just mean to go there? I, I just walked by it. Okay. I did not actually go, but I was like, oh, I recognize that place. So I just walked by that. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. really good. It's uh, crazy. Gluten-free, like Korean fried chicken, gluten-free. I mean, mm. so like, okay, so when I went there, I got the chicken tenders. So it's it's like fried chicken, but it's chicken tenders. So like that's mm -hmm. that's the best like. That's the best like chicken tender that I can have, I believe, that I've ever yeah. had. Yeah, I mean, it's not, there's not much competition. No, and um, I will say that I, I mentioned it when I was uh, one of those times after I come, after coming back from Wyoming, but there was that place in Jackson that had chicken and waffles that I can have, which that includes waffles and fried chicken that are both gluten-free, and they were, and it was so good. So that was the best, like, more traditional fried chicken, but this is, like, more like chicken tenders, like, that you'd get, like, deep-fried chicken tenders, kind of. Yeah, you know? so good. Oh, man. Yeah, anyway. so so it was a kind of a whirlwind trip. Went Seattle for three days, got home, spent a night, and then the next morning left for San Francisco. Uh, but it, it was good. Um I don't know, Ian, anything you'd add to the, the trip? 
about how you're too tall for Japantown? Yeah, as uh, we we were joking before we started recording about uh, me trying to fit into Matt's office with the board games and everything, yeah. uh, and that would actually be an easier task than me going anywhere in Japantown. Was it all um, just like really that small? Like just like are you, are you talking about like the restaurants or just like literally everything? I mean, generally speaking, I'm a little too big for everything just in the normal world. Yeah. Um, but you go to these. Um, so we went to a store called Daiso, which is a Japanese kind of supermarket uh, that they import stuff from Japan. And a lot of the aisles and things, because you kind of get, you know, we all have a mental map of what a supermarket is like. Yeah. And a lot of the aisles were one E and wide. And so if someone else was in that aisle, I had to find ways to like manipulate myself to get around them without knocking anything off of the shelves. Um, there was like more than one shop that Matt and I walked by and like looked at. And I was like, I'm not going in there. Like you can go in there, like feel free, but I'm going to stand outside because those, those, uh, those shelves are too close to each other. And I am a bull in a China shop at that yeah, point. You'll be and breaking so, merchandise. If you go in there. Exactly. Yeah. And, there, there was one that, I don't think you could have fit through the door without turning completely sideways. Like they'd put put shelving like in front of half the door or so. Yeah. It was very strange. Well, and I think it was exacerbated by the fact that it's like it's like a mall, but it seems like they kind of like hacked together some places to put stores. So there's like a bridge that goes over a street and there's stores like on that bridge. But okay. there may be like there's like a restaurant that from the from the threshold to the back wall was maybe eight feet and they've got a bar and they've got tables and they've got all this stuff going on. And it's like, there's this restaurant probably didn't need to be here. Uh, so I, <laughs> this is a very a weird situation. Yeah, it was perfectly sized for me. So uh, no complaints. <laughs> yeah. I'm, okay. I'm surprised by that, Matt, as a, as a fell six, three King. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm only three inches tall or uh, shorter. Sorry, shorter than Ian. So yeah, that's a good point, Colin. Yeah, I, I shouldn't I think, be so judgmental. As I say, I think the best part is uh, Matt has a picture of so the hotel room that we stayed in, which was very nice and in, in a very nice area. Um, but they didn't actually have like a door on the bathroom area, which was like whatever. It was just a like a Great towel. A trip. Yeah, it was just like a towel with a split in the middle and you would kind of walk through it and I would have to like almost bend myself in half to get below the split because if I just walked straight, the bar would hit me like in the throat. And so it was like a very like, okay, this is a, not only is this not a door, but I'm limboing every time I go out of it. So I'm looking for a photo to post. Don't worry. Uh, we did see some cool sites in San Francisco, including the Musée Mechanique which is like an old timey arcade. Really cool. I have lots of time for arcades. I'm, yeah, I'm better. I'm, was it, oh, the, the game where you throw the balls at the clowns. Oh yeah. I, I beat Matt by 20 points at that. Um, I thought it was one point. No, it was 20. It was two ten oh, to two thirty. Oh man. Uh, yeah, but there was, there was a lot of very loud things. Uh, yeah. Uh, come to find out old timely arcades were very loud. Um, so that was it was loud, like driving a, a 2021 Prius. Am I right? That ties into my social update. Like, so just make, make a little mental note of that. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, so I'll, I'll take over from here because we're starting to set the road work for Kyle. So I feel like everyone's got to get out of the way for Kyle. I just <laughs> can talk forever is the problem. So, and I, yeah. uh, but so like Matt's trip, you know, let, he led with a trip into our trip to San Francisco. Mine followed afterwards. So after we got back, we woke up at three thirty in the morning Pacific time, got on an airplane, flew to Salt Lake. I dropped Matt off, got gas, got Chick-fil-A, and then got on the road, um, drove to Idaho Falls, uh, picked up my partner, and then we drove to Boise, Idaho, which was a lot of miles to do, but I had an ODP camp that weekend. So I was like, okay, cool. Going out to do ODP. Uh, we were going to be playing uh, friendlies against some teams from Alaska and Wyoming, which is our first time really playing a game with my ODP team. So whatever, it's worth the drive. And I got to Twin Falls, which is not Idaho Falls. It's an important note. Um, I thought they were the same place. Nope. Uh, it's about mm. 200 miles from Idaho Falls. Uh, and I got a text message saying, hey, the city of Boise has told us that we can't play games on any of the fields because it's going to be too cold. And so all the games were canceled. And so Veronica and I had a very nice little mini vacation. Uh, we went out and had brunch at a place that did a mimosa tree. Um, a tree. Yes. They, they have like, tree? I think it was 36 mimosas or something like that. And they bring it out on like three, like small Christmas trees. And there's just glasses of mimosas everywhere on there. I did not get that because I'm not an insane person. Um, Sorry. Is this tree something like you order for your table? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And you can get like multiple kinds of mimosas or like a, they'll just bring out like one or whatever. Cause they had like a mimosa menu that had like 12 different mimosas on it. So I got a flight of mimosas. Okay, wait. Twelve different kinds. What? Like, how many different type of juices can you mix? I'm so twelve. I think exactly (laughs) twelve. So, so like, once you get past the citruses, like, what do we? What do we do? Are we like juice and champagne? The old Hawaiian punch and champagne. (laughs) So I had one that was orange juice. Just, just they did like a fresh squeezed orange juice and champagne. It was delightful. And then there was one that was orange juice, pineapple juice, and cranberry juice. That one wasn't bad. Okay, so we're talking combos now. Then they did a mango juice and something else. I don't okay. remember what it was. And then I got one that was like the Tiffany blue and it had like sparkles in it. Uh, <laughs> it was weird. I just wanted it because it had sparkles in it. And I thought that that was fun. Yeah, um, the breakfast was pretty decent. Um, okay. I'm not sure if that's because that was post mimosa or not. Sure. I might have to go back and try without mimosas and see how the breakfast Never really holds up. Never heard of mimosa flights in my life. That's fascinating. Okay. Well, I, I guess you're not a big mimosa head. Uh, Apparently not. And let's see what else we do. We went to the record store. Nice. Um, I love. I honestly, Boise's a cool town. Big fan. I I got a Ted Lasso sticker. Okay. Um, I do this thing in the record store where there's so yeah, many said, things okay, that are very seriously like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, uh, I do this thing in record stores where I get overwhelmed by all the things that I want at the record store. And so I just don't buy anything um, because I can't choose any that's one kind of like thing. a pretty healthy way to talk yourself out of spending <laughs> too much money, to be honest. Yeah, it's sort of the I, opposite of me. 
I can completely relate to that, honestly. Like, I'll go in there and I'll be like, ah, there's too much. And then I almost end up being like, I, I leave very often getting nothing. So I totally get what you're talking about. Yeah, there's there's records on my shelf that uh, are a result of Veronica following me around the record store and seeing which ones I picked up and then put back before we left. And then she grabs one and says, happy birthday or Merry Christmas or whatever and buys it for me because smart. Uh, I would not have bought it for myself otherwise. That's sweet. Yeah, but yeah, I got to see my nephew. Um, he screamed at me quite a bit because um, yeah, he's a baby that. and that's what babies do. Babies um, are so annoying sometimes, man. <laughs> and then my uh, my other my my other nephew um, just completely demolished me at FIFA 23, like wiped the floor with me in ways that were unimaginable. Oh, is um, this one also a baby? No, he's <laughs> 16. Uh, and so as as uh, punishment, um, he's a big Manchester City fan. And so I made him sit and watch the Brentford City game with me. Um, and oh, so that was man. good that was retribution good like, for for his choices game. to beat me at FIFA. Did did uh, did you put any money on it? Like uh, maybe you can make some money like Ivan Tony. No, no, <laughs> that's that's not a habit I want to start. Wait, sorry. Is that real? <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think they I think they said that he was not betting on his own matches, but yes, he in over a four year period he made like two hundred and thirty two bets on games. Yeah. Okay, but That's is that legal if they're not your own games? No. Also, why? It, hear me out. Players should be able to bet on their own games if they're betting uh, for themselves and their team. Is that a? How do we feel about this? Tip? I think the idea. I think most of the idea is that the, like there are in for people on the inside. There is they have insider information. Sure. Okay. So I think okay. that's also yeah, part that's of it fair. is like to protect the integrity of the gambling, which is a very stupid thing. But okay. yes. <laughs> I think players should be allowed to place one game time bet on themselves. <laughs> because I mean, it's just so like a, a way for a them bonus to from the gambling company. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I I would I would I would ask you to reference the roly poly goalie incident. Um from a few years ago uh oh, because, yeah yep because i yeah, think that's that's a highlight of why they're not allowed to do it because yeah, that is he was betting on the other team no right? he was bet he had done a prop bet that he would eat something before the end of the game and be caught on camera and so he ate a meat pie oh, during yeah. extra time and won money off of it all right here's <laughs> That's not in the spirit of the game. I'm saying players like if Ivan Tony is like, yeah, I'm betting. I'm betting. I don't know how betting works. I'm betting that I'm going to we're going to win two one and I'm going to score a 97th minute winner. And he wins a million dollars because or pounds, excuse me, because um, he did that. Then I think that's cool. But if somebody is like eating a dang meat pie, disgusting British term. This is uh, sorry. Then, this is known as the Pygate controversy, uh, and the the keeper's name is Wayne Shaw. Uh-huh. The uh huh. The roly poly goalie. I I wow. hadn't heard that term. Why is he? Uh, why he do was you like say, old why is when old he? <laughs> he was not. A yeah, guy. he was like he, in he his forties. Yeah, he's playing for like a division he's fifty three, now. Division this was like two years ago. Yeah, uh, five years ago. <laughs> five years. I don't know. Against Arsenal, no less. Yeah. Who did he All play things for? coming back full circle. Sutton. Sutton. In, in an FA Cup match. Wow. I think I think uh, part of the problem too, Kyle, is you also don't want it to look fixed. 
right? And you're like, as, as a league, you don't want to see your players betting on outcomes and like nailing it because then it looks like all the results are fixed. That is true. I guess, again, I just want players to be able to bet on themselves because I, I just love just a little. I can't. I think that Brentford's shirt sponsor, I saw a tweet, somebody tweeted it. So I, I don't remember who it was, but they're like, oh, they're going to keep him from wearing the Hollywood Bets sponsored Brentford shirt uh, for for the upcoming games. It's just like, they have a betting company on their shirt. What are Dude, we doing? Like half of the half of the Premier League does at this point. It's crazy. I, I just didn't know that Paul Hollywood had a betting company. <laughs> oh, wow. Paul, oh, that, that's... Reminds me, that reminds me. I did watch the full uh, Mexico episode of the Great British Big Oh, show. sweet. Spoil nothing. Spoil nothing for me. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh no. We're we're in the middle. We're still in the middle of our drafts. We we have our first or second contestant eliminated, and Sarah is making right now. She's making uh, banana bread and chocolate cupcakes to come because her person got eliminated. Mm, so okay. we're watching the next the, the third episode of this season tomorrow. I will say that I couldn't spoil anything as bad as this as everyone there spoiled the idea of a taco, but um, <laughs> I enjoy colin i hope i hope you have fun i like um oh i learned something in that episode and it's that uh oh boy i hope i don't mess this up is cilantro from the coriander yeah cilantro is coriander yeah they call they well they just straight up call cilantro coriander Mm -hmm. um which is weird i didn't know that was a thing until i watched that episode so that was very enlightening uh, watching British people try to say pico de gallo is very is amazing. Um, yeah. Anyway, honestly, it just reminds me of watching soccer and hearing them always mispronounce everyone with a Spanish name's name. Yeah. 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 So no. Nunez is a weird one. Yeah. Like, Darwin Nunez. Are they not? Are they not like? Do they not know what an enye is? Like, I'm no. trying to think of other examples. I don't know. Nacho Monreal. Nacho is a good one. Um, anyways, so that's my social hour update. Um, since we're on the big conference energy ride, uh, let's go to Dr. Colin, pod Dr. Colin, PhD, because I believe you were also at a conference, yes? I was at a conference, yeah. I just uh, I got back on Monday night, um, which was a delightful uh, little thing that happened. Um, Sarah had been on a, a road trip um, before I had gone to Nashville. And I was like, oh, what time do you get in on Monday? And she's like, I land at like 10.04. And I was like, I land at 10.09. So we, we both were like, oh, we're going to get back into town at the same time. So that's really fun. So we'll catch uh, an Uber home together and that'll be great. And then as I'm walking to Sarah's gate, I see that she's talking and pointing at someone. I'm like, who is she talking and pointing to? And it was Kyle and Carly. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> yeah. A huge, just a, a random get together in the Salt Lake City Airport between Sarah, Andy Larson, Kyle, Carly, and I, yeah. uh, all at the airport at the exact same moment at the same gate. It was so funny. Like we uh, we were on the little floor escalators. What are those called? Moving sidewalk, right? We were on moving the moving walkway. sidewalk, walkway. and we're like halfway through it, and and I spot I, I spot Sarah and Andy, and I like rip off my mask, <laughs> and I'm like. And then it was very confusing for Colin because he like knew that they were waiting for him. And so he's like, what, like, what is going on? Like, I'm here too. Hello. And then by the time we got to the end of the, uh, walking or this moving sidewalk thing, uh, Colin was there too. So it was, it was a very, 
it was awesome. And we, we just marveled at the, uh, at, at, at the true, um, the true, just impressive nature of travel. And it's just, uh, the, 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 the webs we weave and the way time passes and we had fun. It was great. That was, that was fun. That was a lovely um, moment. But yes, I was returning from Nashville. Uh, I was in Nashville for the International Gastrointestinal Cancer Conference. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. I, while there, I saw the insides of more colons um, than I had ever wanted to. Um, Did you have I a favorite? Seen, I, d- I didn't have a favorite. It was hard to pick. It was hard to pick a favorite. Um, several pictures of the insides of small bowels and colons and... Uh, so that was uh, not really um, my favorite part. Um, we, I had a, a talk there, um, and uh, my talk was on um, genetic testing for colon cancer predisposition. Um, so I had a, a five-minute talk there, and that went well. Um, but otherwise, I spent a lot of time with coworkers who I don't really see because I'm usually 100% remote. So it's nice when you get to get, get together with oh, some yeah. people you talk to all the time. Um, Nashville was like not really my city. Um, if I'm going to be honest, um, mm. I thought it was thought it was fine. Um, I was born in Nashville. Where are you? Interesting. Yeah. Take no offense to that. Statue or <laughs> what'd you say, Matt? Do you have a statue there? Uh, no, there are other statues in Nashville. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it's just like I'm not really. I don't have a strong affinity for Southern culture um, as it goes. I'm not really a a, a cowboy. I don't. I don't have any cowboy boots. I don't have any cowboy hats. Um, do you I, watch the uh, critically acclaimed television series called Yellowstone? It's not I do so, not. Okay. Nope. Well. Nope. Right. Um, hmm. I don't really like honky tonk for the most part. I mean, like, we're going to play some Dolly Parton. That's great. We're going to do some, like, okay. old-time Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard country. That's fine. You're going to do anything, you know, past 1990, and I I pretty much despise it. So, mm. um, Nash. Nashville has got kind of a, a scene that's not really mine. Um, we did go down to Broadway, which is basically like the Bourbon Street or Beale Street um, for New Orleans or Memphis, where like everybody goes there, close down the street. It's all night long. It's just like debauchery and partying and honky tonk music. And but we only went there in the afternoon, and even in the afternoon, I was like, nope, no, this is way too crowded and way too busy. This would be a nightmare when everybody was here. Um, so yeah, Nashville was fine. Um, I'd, I've definitely been to other cities that I like a lot more if I was going to, to spend time there conferencing. So interesting. Okay. And I've been meaning, I, I've never been, I haven't been to many places in the South, which that is the, that is considered the South, correct? Yes. Lucas, you tell me you've got it tattooed. It, it on is. You, I yeah. It, okay. it was, I, yeah, I was surprised when I saw Lucas's, these colors don't run tattoo. <laughs> I do have a Tennessee tattoo. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's just you know not a flag that we like to recognize as being part of it a good tattoo but it is not a um, flag tattoo of any sort (laughs) just to be clear (laughs) yeah uh yeah that's cool i um i don't know i i've been i want to go there i don't have a lot of reason to other than the things that you just said you don't like which i kind of tend to agree uh but i don't know probably should at least try try it and give it a shot i suppose there's some really good food and excellent coffee in nashville excellent coffee interesting Mm -hmm. they have a pretty good coffee scene okay 
Nice. I got terrible coffee the whole time I was there because I was at a conference and that's what you get. You get bad coffee the whole time you're at a conference. They did this <laughs> really weird thing though, where like they would like usually at conferences they like have coffee like all the time. Like usually that's just like it's always available. Sure. But like in between like snack breaks and stuff, they took everything away like every time. Like there'd be like extra food and coffee and they'd be like, nope. And they'd like go hide it all. And nice. I was like, that's a really weird thing to do. Like so. Um, it was, it was a, yeah, it was a good conference. It was a small one, um, probably only like 200 people. So it wasn't anything like at the convention center or anything crazy like that. So it was just sure. at uh, one of the bigger hotels, That's um, in, in West end. So not downtown. Um, but it was good. Good to know. Okay. Well, I saw some pictures. You looked great on stage. Uh, really commanded the presence of the audience from what I could tell. Obviously it wasn't there, but it seemed like people were really digging it. I'm inferring a lot, but yeah. I just loved seeing you tower over everybody. I, just, I know. When you're at these conferences, you forget how short other people are. <laughs> well, uh, Lucas, it's down to you and me, man. What's going on? We want, you want to go first? Sure. Um, oh, man, I feel like, you know, I'm going to have to give a, every update since the last time I was on this pod, which was like eight <laughs> months ago. Uh, <laughs> My, My wife and I are expecting a baby in January, so Ooh. our lives have largely been revolving around that. Uh, and that means like my mom and stepdad were in town two weekends ago and there's a baby shower. Um, Wait, when is she due? Uh, end of January. End of January. Okay. Yeah. Are you considering Colin as a name? Uh, yeah, that is actually. Uh, well, we, we originally wanted to go with Pod Doctor, but my wife vetoed it. Mm. Yeah, I think Colin's a better name than Pod Doctor. I mean, be honest, I'll, are you considering naming uh, this child after uh, well, at least one player who currently does or has played for Tottenham Hotspur? Uh, no, we did that with our dog, and uh, that's <laughs> enough. Okay, hold on. How about off the cross, baby? <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty. I like that. Wait, what's your dog's name? Uh, Deli. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you didn't even name him after a good Tottenham player? He was good when we named him. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You named him after an Everton player. I, one of my like good friends is a longtime Chelsea fan. Uh, and as soon as he found out the name, he's like, dude, he's just going to go to Real Madrid next season. And mm. that is not the trajectory that Deli Alley's career took. No, no, it's not. But I hear Turkey's nice, so that's cool. Wait, is he in Turkey? Yeah, I, mean, I thought he was. Especially with Thanksgiving time. coming up. Like, I thought he was at Everton. Time. Am I just. He was at Everton last season. He's on oh. loan in Turkey. Oh, and at last yeah. I know he had an injury and was not playing. So he's still an Everton player, just in. He's in exile. I, I think so. But he okay. wasn't, unfortunately, great for Everton. No. I mean, fortunately, because I don't like Everton, but yeah. Or Deli Alley, to be honest. But. I have uh, seen Deli Ali score a goal at Goodison Park in person. Though. That was fun. Playing for Tottenham, I assume. Yes, playing for Tottenham. Mm, okay. That's got to be a confusing emotion, right? Like now when you look back on it. No. No. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's, I mean, I've seen Tottenham in person five times. I've never seen them win. Uh, it was a 1-1 one, one draw. It was a really bad ever. Especially because they're like mostly good. I know. I, I mean, I saw them play West Brom in the season West Brom got relegated and they drew that game as well. Was that also the season that they were in the running for the title until Eden Hazard scored the that goal? You know what I'm talking about? Um, no, I don't, but 
There was oh, it was the Leicester year. Sorry, no, the Leicester year. year. Okay, the Leicester year, Spurs and Leicester were at the top of the of of the league, and and Arsenal finished above us in the last day. That's correct. We lost uh, like two five to Newcastle, and Newcastle was relegated. Or uh, Harry Kane, I think, won his first Golden Boot and looked mm. so sad. (laughs) And that's that's the year I learned what Saint Tottenham's Day was. I have this I have this gift save that I always love looking at. So after Chelsea and uh, and Spurs were playing, I, uh, this must have been the second to last uh, the battle of game day, the bridge. Yeah, game, that two two game. Tottenham mm-hmm. got like nine or eleven yellow cards, something insane, mm-hmm. without getting a red. Yeah, and Eden Hazard scores one of his best goals for Chelsea to essentially seal the t- or really to win the title for uh, for Leicester. Um, and there's this right after that happens, there's this shot of like, just the camera zooms in on Harry Kane, just screaming. And he's not like saying anything. He's just like, ah, and like, they're just waiting for kickoff and he's just standing there screaming. (laughs) And it's so funny. Will you send that to me? Because I do not remember. I remember that game really well. I do not remember that moment. I that's like the main thing I remember. I actually forgot how good every time I see the gif, I know exactly what it's from. I actually forgot how good Hazard's goal was until I watched that. Uh, I won't until I watched recently people talking about how he used to be good. But anyway, congrats on the baby. Thank you. <laughs> that's fun. That's that's really cute. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's our first kid. So it's like this. You're whole, scared a little bit. I mean, yeah, of course. I think it would be weird not to be. Um, I, yeah. I'm stressed about like, you know, how much time is this thing going to take up? <laughs> it seems very demanding in your time. Uh, it's I I can answer that question for you, and the answer is so much time, Lucas. Yeah. So 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 much time. You know that a you know that a baby can't do anything. Dude, they're well, so useless. Insulting. It can't even work. It, it can't. Like it can't even 10. pick its. It can't even pick up its head no. up. It's. It can't do anything. Yeah, you gotta. You, you gotta give it tummy you, time. Yeah, you forget about it being upside down and it dies. Like you gotta be really careful. <laughs> you can't do that. Uh, yeah, well, I'm gonna do my best, but we'll see. Yeah. It's. Wow. Yeah. No, it'll be. It'll be great. Yeah, that's I, so we're, fun. We're pretty stoked. So. Yeah. Um, uh, this is the practical parenting advice I give to any prospective parents is like, don't get caught into roles, right? Like both of you have to be able to do everything because like all of a sudden, if like, if, if someone is just like really good at getting the baby to bed and the other parent maybe is not like you're both tired. So you like fall into the habit of like, Oh, we'll just let that person do it. And then we can like go to sleep. But like, don't do that because then it's like, if one parent is just out of town, it's like a complete nightmare for the other parent. And they're just like, like ill prepared. So like, just like, swear, it'd be like, it's your night to get up. You have to get the baby to sleep. And that's just your problem. Like you just have to deal with it. And like, just like, don't get caught in rules. That's my, that's my the, best parenting the total advice. football approach to parenting. Correct. I can't wait for us to have a parenting advice segment on this podcast. I, I was going to say, I like how this all started with jokes. And then all of a sudden there's like serious practical advice for child. I think that's great. Yeah. I heard Colin's doctor role is being, is it PD, pediatrics? Is that, no, is that what is, it's in? Yeah. Lucy, come here and say hi. Speaking hi. of kids. Hi. I just hi, Lucy. What's up, Lucy? Hi, Lucy. Congrats on being raised by Colin. <laughs> he was probably very proud of himself for that. Yeah. She is. Anyway, great. they get that big. 
too, Lucas. So watch out for that. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I love it. What else, Lucas? You uh, watched anything good recently? We were like I, 40 minutes in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to bring up shows soccer. because I feel like I'm in a rut and I have like a long list of things I want to watch. Like I, I've started a bunch of shows and I just don't mm. feel excited about any of them. The last show I was like really into was The Watcher and it was like not great, but it sucked you in. Yeah. Have you guys no. heard of this? It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's like every, I, uh, everyone makes the most insane choices of any human being at any given moment in that show. Uh, yeah, I've heard about this. I uh, I did not watch it. I I haven't started it. I, it has 55 percent of Rotten Tomatoes and there's just so many things I want to watch. Like I'm not in a risk. I'm not I don't take a lot of risks when it comes to the media I consume. So, yeah, well, it's, it's a risky pick for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, it's hard when uh, my my letterboxed watch list grows way faster than I am knocking things off because mm. I'm also watching TV shows that I prefer to watch the over movies sometimes. So yeah, it's crazy. It's uh, it's it's difficult. So I can recommend ones that I've been watching, but um, you know, they're not for everyone. Yeah, I will say. Well, this. I think Ian and I would be open to that specifically. Scary movies. Okay. Me too. Well, um, I guess I can I'll tell you guys what I've been up to. Okay, well, first of all, hold on. First of all, if we're if we're transitioning to Kyle, I have to say, uh, congratulations to one man on this podcast whose podcast was the number two oh, city <laughs> weekly award winning best podcast uh, of the states. So, congratulations mm. to. Kyle of Brigham Young Money and Thank his you. number two ranking Thank in the you. best podcasts of uh, of Utah by City Weekly. Congratulations, Funny. Kyle. Love Funny starts the second best podcast he's on, too. Love losing awards. I think it's awesome. But Who is number one? I don't know, actually. I don't. I know Jordan lost his award, too, which is really funny. But I won. And he was like the best Twitter follower. He was nominated for like it being an influencer, I believe. <laughs> Which is really it looks funny. like it's it's called City Cast Salt Lake. Mm. And yeah, I don't know it, what that means. I don't know. But the, the, the photo that I saw of the page is like three women. Mm. So. OK, well, in any case, um, quickly with the media, I've been been consuming i will say that i watched the weird owl movie well the weird owl biopic mm. which is fantastic i loved it it was so funny i love weird owl i thought his uh parody biopic if you can believe it was was great very much enjoyed that um haven't been watching too many movies i'm sorry to the dismay of people i did watch uh the original texas chainsaw massacre um I don't know. I can't remember why that was the pick. Uh, but I will say that I totally forgot that like the last 35 minutes of that movie is just like one girl screaming the entire time. Like literally, that's like the only sound you can hear for like a solid half an hour. And it's pretty jarring, pretty spooky, uh, pretty good movie, especially it's I mean, it's pretty old at this point. I don't know what year that was. It was in the 70s, I believe. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I've been very into, however, this show called Channel Zero. Um, it, it was originally a chai, a chai, a sci-fi series that was acquired by AMC slash Shutter, and it's so good. It's like 
um it's it's an anth what's the what's the name for a series that um anthology anthology yeah so like there's four seasons each one is just self-contained um and it's very good and the first season uh i really enjoyed the second season was phenomenal it was like maybe it was one of my favorite horror series i've seen so far and then i'm in the third season right now which is also very good so that is on amc and shutter or you can pirate it <laughs> and i won't say what i did um but let's see yeah can't recommend the second season specifically enough but it's all very good so far um i haven't i was realizing that i haven't gone to see a movie for quite some time i've got a bunch of stuff to catch up on so hopefully by the next time we record i've seen a few movies in theaters i've been meaning to see after sun um new new movie that came out um triangle of sadness is another one i've been meaning to get to and a few others oh uh like that what's there's one that comes out this week i can't remember there's a few that come out is it called menu that one with uh Ray yeah, Fiennes. the menu, yeah. The menu, yeah. I and I've been I've been looking forward to that one. Um, I, I am going to be honest. I saw the trailer for that and it was like, this looks like the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> the dumbest movie you've ever seen? Yeah. Okay, so I was well, like, what a stupid premise. I'll let you know if it is actually dumb. Wait, what's the what 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 about the premise was dumb to you? Was it the was it the fact that they were trapped on an island or? I, like I, I think i only I, like i think i only saw a very abbreviated trailer mm. um i don't i and i was just like oh, okay well that looks stupid i'm not gonna watch that i love ray fines a lot i think he's a great actor um i think he should learn how to say his own name how does it should be ralph yeah i does he the, think he is the welsh the welsh in general should probably be stopped i saw that like they did their squad announcement for the world cup and i was like they they did squad announcement in welsh that's like what they put on there. And I couldn't even begin to figure out how to pronounce it. It was very confusing. It's like very deceptive because they use uh, they use the same letters as us, but they the sounds are just out of control. And it's like, you know, part of the whole uh, evil island they got going on over there. Is so. Welsh still like spoken? Dude, mm-hmm. I don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you got, have you not watched Welcome to Wrexham? They do a whole episode on this. So I feel I like you should go watch Welcome to Wrexham. Is Wrexham in Wales? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. I've been really close to whales twice. And I didn't hear I've it once. seen a whale in the ocean. Boom. I've seen a whale in the Atlanta Aquarium. Yeah, there we go. I they even a whale dolphin. in the Atlanta. Oh, like a It was a beluga whale, but Okay, those are cute. Oh, like, I've seen I a whale a, nonetheless. I saw a killer whale kill a porpoise. You yeah, you mentioned that. Oh. That was a social hour update. That was crazy. It was. Yeah, it was awesome. That's very That's cool. Awesome. Um anyway, so yeah, there's that. Um, I've had like the really insane last week at work uh, where we have a lot of we've been doing a lot of stuff and we had some issues. So I like worked through this entire last weekend, which was not super fun, but we did it anyway. And um, so I'm feeling kind of delirious because I've been like just kind of working every day for the last like 10 days. Uh, But I will say also that um, I may we made a little jaunt over to Los Angeles as Colin mentioned, seeing me and Carly in the airport. Uh, we went to see true and on in LA and it was great. And I know Lucas is seeing them in, uh, Portland uh, next Monday. Monday yeah. Yeah. How was yeah. it? Oh, it was so fun. I can't tell you anything about it because uh, they make you would... say that you're not going to say anything. 
I think he, he did signed say they don't let anyone take like pictures or video or anything or do anything like that. Um, at least of so essentially the producer opens the show with like a um a set. He makes music. He does like all the music for the show, and um, yeah. So he um he opens the set or and like you know you can take videos of and photos of that or whatever. But like once they actually start like the show with Brace and Liz, they. Um, it's all kind of, kind of not like secretive, but they're just like, don't like it, you know, kind of ruins the fun. So they do say that you've signed a mental NDA by simply showing up. So, um, <laughs> That's yeah, great. it's, it's great. They're, they're really funny. Um, I, yeah, like we hung out with them for a little bit after the show. Uh, very, very kind people, very nice people. Uh, they did us, they did a special series a while back with, uh, about John Vanderslice and the tiny telephone, um, studio he had in San Francisco where like bands like death cab, uh, recorded some of their early stuff. Um, John Vanderslice was at the show. He lives in LA now. And so I talked to John Vanderslice for a little while and boy, do oh, I love John. Rad. He is very, very sweet. Like one of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, had a very lovely conversation with him and, uh, yeah, he was very, very kind, really like his music. Um, what, what a guy. So yeah, it was, it was a very, very good night. Uh, we like, you know, it was a very quick trip, went late on a Monday, came back early Wednesday. Um, show was, was on Tuesday night. Uh, spent like worked most of the day, but I did spend, we like went to the beach for a little while, which was great. Uh, one thing that the only bummer of the whole thing was that there was this restaurant in redondo beach that basically is their entire menu was just catered to my exact diet and they have uh closed their doors and i'm very sad because there's oh. only enough there's not enough me's to go around um so that sucks but it's okay it's fine it's a problem we all have honestly yeah i know it, it's you know we have a long way to go in this society if you ask me um but yeah so that was great uh loves loved every moment of of that show and then um i i wanted to quickly mention this is like the best conversation i've had recently was i oh man okay so i went to i sometimes i go to the copperton post office and the guy who works there is uh his name is mark and uh mark and i talk a little bit sometimes when I'm there. And then this last time I went, I uh, noticed that he always parks his truck out in front of the Copperton post office, the BM Canyon post office. And I saw a Q sticker on his truck and I didn't notice that in, <laughs> in times past. And I was like, Oh man, I wonder what the, I was like, I can't believe I haven't seen that. Like Mark, what's going on? I walked in and it's, there's normally like no one in there. Uh, there was one guy in there talking to Mark and Mark was talking about the uh, false alarm that uh, with that Hawaiian missile scare thing in 2018. That's like w the first thing he was talking about. And I was like, Oh, this sounds good. So I, <laughs> I, once the other guy left, I started asking Mark, I was like, what's, well, I was like, tell me about this. Like what's going on. He's like, well, it actually, there was a real missile fired and there, and he told me the story about how there were some fishermen off the coast of Maui who saw the missile. And I was like, whoa, I was like, that's crazy. And he's like, yeah, the CIA just doesn't want people to know. And this Mark and I had a like 45 minute conversation where I just listened to him. He was talking like he hadn't spoken to anyone in a decade. He was telling <laughs> he was telling me every single like weird like the 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 variety of conspiracies were amazing. Like it, it ranged from like, you know, like actual stuff like the State Department and 
um, you know, the deep state against Trump, like all of that, like of that level and the CEOs of companies all over the world resigning because they're all getting busted for human trafficking all the way down to like some guy he knows, um, some guy he, he knows, knows a guy who invented a super high powered carburetor or efficient carburetor that got like shut down by the, the government or oil companies or something. So it was literally, it was just like, he was telling me all these different things. He's telling me stories about the, how the NSA is like all up in his emails and his texts and it, which I mean, but like, he thinks they're like actually sifting through. And like when you send a, when you email someone like pictures, they look at the pictures and then they are the ones who send the email. Like he thinks that's what's happening. Um, it was awesome. I, I love Mark. We had a great conversation. <laughs> we talked about the JFK assassination. We talked about the FBI killing Fred Hampton and uh, likely Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, we talked a lot about um, what, what else? There were so many. Oh, one thing I, I, I forgot to uh, I, I mentioned this sort of earlier uh, on Twitter, but I uh, he did mention that Space Force uh if people remember what space force is the it's, it's a, a division show, right? of the military that actually exists you know what's funny is if you go to jackson wyoming and they have like a thing in the middle of the park that's like a statue dedicated to the armed service members they have a whole plaque for for space force but there are no names on it because i don't even know if it's real um but anyway so he said space force was in charge of of uh like the 20, 2020 election and like he said Space Force intervened to like keep the peace or something like, but I was like, you ca- did you see the January 6th thing? I was like, I don't know if peace was really kept, but anyway, <laughs> so, so I was the first time I've heard somebody mention Space Force, but he talked to me about all these secret uh, um, executive orders that Trump had signed uh, that like put a wedge between him and the CIA. It was awesome. I, uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, Mark ended the conversation by telling me that he and his identical twin brother are both Buddhist. And literally like the last thing I expected to hear. So awesome. And he said he was telling me about like the both he and his brother um, have memories from past existences, some humanoid, some not. And Mark has one from like a different type of like dimension altogether, like not even a different species, but like a different uh, he's on like a different astral plane. So um, shout out to Mark at the Copperton Post Office. Absolute goaded with the sauce. Huge, People. I'm sure, avid listener, friend of the pod. Straight up, okay. I I would have recorded the conversation, but I thought I was only going to be in there for like two seconds. So <laughs> I uh, left my phone in the car, and I when I was in there, I was just like, I wish I had my phone on me because we have net like we've talked for like maybe five minutes max. That was easily like so much longer than any other conversation we've ever ever had. And it was so fun. And I loved, I loved every second of it. Um, so I did part of it made me sad a little bit, but I also like Mark's in good spirits. We, we, and he works at a post office. So I like Mark. So, so, yeah. so Kyle, I reckon we got about five minutes left in the social hour. Yeah. And you started to tell us about a story with a Prius. Oh, and yeah, I want to make sure that with these last five minutes that <laughs> we, we get to fully realize the story about the Prius. Yeah. Really? It's a really short story. Essentially. There is this weird thing where every time I go to L.A. and I rent a car, I end up with a Prius. Like, it's just like a thing that happens. And sometimes it's intentional. Like, I'll use Turo and I'll rent a Prius, mainly because gas is so expensive. And Priuses, the ones I always rent, are getting like 50 miles to the gallon. Uh, so it's always super cheap to drive them around. Um, I didn't know I was getting a Prius on this one. And I, I did. And I, and I always like 
I like it. But man, does that car have a considerable amount of just like noisemakers? Like there's like sensors everywhere going back and forward, and there's just like always beeping. You got like the seatbelt thing is really aggressive. Uh, it's just there's just so many beeps, and I couldn't believe it. That's really the whole story. It's just yeah. I was like, man. How do people do this with so many beeps day in and day out? And people think the Crosstrek makes a lot of noise. Oh my goodness! Could it? Could it not be? It's it's a it's as quiet as a mouse compared to the, this Prius. And you're parking a car. It's just like, hey, just in case you were wondering, there's like a car like 30 feet in front of you. I'm gonna beep until you're like within like a foot of it. It's just it's constantly beeping. It's crazy. I don't know if there's a way to turn that off, but for you Prius heads out there, I'm curious because I was like, man. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, I, I like these cars, but uh, I'm fine with my car. But man, I really just in the future would love to turn some of these beeps off. But I don't know if that's possible. Um, so, yeah, that's the whole story. Bunch of um, beeps. If, if you are in a cross track or a cross track adjacent vehicle uh, and you want to hear the beeps get real wild, almost to modern Prius levels, drive it through a snowstorm. Oh yeah, like the because um, it's mad about everything. Eyesight doesn't work. You're in the wrong lane. Oh, I can't yeah. see the lane anymore. Yeah, yeah. The eyesight stuff in the snowstorm gets gets tricky. Um, I, oh, I in in LA, I was we went to like we were in Silver Lake for a little while. It was kind of close to where the show was. Uh, got some good coffee at Intelligentsia, like a real uh basic B, and then uh went to this like kind of americanized thai restaurant but it was really good um it was kind of like a cool like i don't know la will have like kind of authentic uh food like uh, ethnic foods but then they also like they play like rap music in there and they've got like a bunch of cool lights or whatever so it was kind of like that it was like authentic thai but it was like in a kind of like a la setting so um anyway so got some good food coffee etc um but yeah Overall, pretty productive last two weeks for me. I th- it sounds like it was for all of us with a lot of travel, presentations, fathering children. I'm proud of us all, honestly. How do you yeah. guys feel? I feel great. Cool. Feel great. Yeah. That's good. Um, well, this is a great, great episode, place. boys. Yeah, great um, the episode. <laughs> this has been off the crossfire. <laughs> A real Salt Lake podcast. <laughs> I mean, we could just do that in the offseason. Like, I don't know. It'd be I fine. Mean, I would also be fine with that. There is there is some news, and then we do have an episode planned. Yeah, we should yeah, talk just social hour. Actually, I don't even have the doc pulled up. Are we talking about the the TV deal? Yep, that is uh, first okay. on the list. You've preempted the document. Sorry, Ooh. no, you're forgiven. I have to find it among my many tabs that I have opened. Uh, I did this episode. I've learned where Copperton, Utah is. Yeah, and have at, you at been first there? I thought, no, but I I thought like. Why is Kyle going to a place called Copperton? It's a township with a post office. Yeah. And then I looked and it's got to be probably like 10 minutes from your house. right? Yeah. It's like not far. And like, yeah, the other post office in South Jordan, like, isn't is like basically the same distance away. So I'm just like, yeah, I'll go out there. It's fun. And Mark's there. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so then I, I also learned that uh, Ray Fines is not doesn't seem to have Welsh ancestry. What? Uh, he is he has English, Irish, and Scottish ancestry. But he has a Welsh name. I I have no clue. Isn't that a Welsh name? Isn't he Welsh? Uh, apparently, it's it's a very famous family in England. Am I making this up? I think what? you might be accidentally. Uh, so, no way. Yeah, way. Why did I always think he was Welsh? 
It's all the same over there. This is crazy. All right. Well, hmm. his his full name is apparently Rafe Nathaniel Twistleton Wickham Fines. He's with put with down. Twistleton Twistleton Wickham and Fines all hyphenated. That sounds beautiful. like that sounds like two League One teams. <laughs> that sounds like uh, one non-conference team. Yeah. Wow. I for some reason this whole time I thought he was Welsh. Well. I'm going to keep thinking he's Walsh, though. It's fine. I think that's great. He was born in Ipswich. <laughs> yeah. What in the world? All right. So uh, we finally have details on the Apple TV deal uh, as far as what it means for you and I and you and you and the one listener we still have. Uh, and that's that it, it's going to happen, which is great. Uh, and that there will be a cost associated, which is expected. Uh, so we got details on pricing. Uh, so if you're an Apple TV Plus subscriber, it's $13 a month or $79 a season. If you're not an Apple TV Plus subscriber, it's $15 a month or $100 a season. If yeah. you're a season ticket holder at an MLS club, it's free. So there's that. Mm. Hmm. Big old hmm for me at this point. As I mean, so my initial reaction to it uh, was I was, you know, a little bummed. Um, I don't want to have to uh, pay money to a thing that I used to get for free with the local broadcast. Uh, I also uh, I had forgotten and, you know, in in the tweet I had seen, they hadn't updated it yet. The season ticket holders were getting uh, a free subscription. But I Mm -hmm. was like, what? What am I going to pay $100 for if I'm at half the games? Like, that doesn't make any sense. But uh, with the season ticket holder thing, like as a local fan, um, it, it really alleviated a lot of my concerns. So I was I was happy to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a lot of mixed feelings about it. I think the price is interesting because and we've compared it to it should be compared to the ESPN plus deal, which is essentially the same thing, except uh, I mean, the production. So the differences between Apple and ESPN Plus, ESPN Plus was tuning into the local broadcast to give you access to games from other from around the league. But there was local blackouts, so you couldn't watch your own team on ESPN Plus. Um, and then you also uh, like I mean, there wasn't like really any like ESP, ESPN production on, on anything. Uh, this is like obviously Apple has full control over everything they are doing a. Uh, whip around show similar to Red Zone um, or uh, like uh, Glazo. Is it called the Glazo show? Whatever the CBS one is for Champions League. Yeah. Uh, love those. I th- I think that's great. I think uh, those are awesome. So it's 15 bucks. ESPN Plus Forever was like five bucks and they sneakily made it ten dollars. Um, and then I yeah, I don't know. So this it sucks kind of for like RSL fans and other teams that had like a pretty good like local broadcast because it was free. There was a free option for people who didn't want to commit to, you know, buying uh, to watch every team in the league and having to pay for that. It was just kind of included with, uh, I mean, you could watch it over um, on the app over the uh, satellite or whatever, the antenna, um, any of that stuff uh, or included with like YouTube TV, for instance. But um, I don't know. I got obviously pay for this, <laughs> but like I, I am getting kind of annoyed of just like a million subscription services that I have, uh, and I just gotta layer this one on top of it, I guess. 
Um, and I am kind of, I don't think, I, I, Matt, I know you brought this up sort of like where you were talking about, I, th- I can't remember if it was in Slack, but you were wondering about how successful the existing RSL broadcast has actually been in converting casual fans, I guess, into paying fans who are at, at games, I guess. Um, yeah, and long-term supporters of the league, right? And that's, yeah. that's what's missing, I think. And I, I don't know, and I don't know how to measure that, I guess. I will say that, like, there's something to be said for, like, there, there, gotta be, there has to be a lot of people that are, like, I tune into RSL games extremely casually I, who won't be paying for this service, who are going to watch a lot, you know, way fewer RSL games as a result of this. But I just don't know how meaningful that ends up being. Like, does that translate to fewer fans in the stands? I don't know. Yeah, I think there's there's some nuance here, right? Uh, I think we look at the local TV deal and we hear from the club repeatedly, like, oh, we're getting the best local ratings in the league. And I think that's not that's not great. Real Salt Lake should not be the the top team in local ratings. You're saying not, like it's not great. It's great. It's good for RSL. It's yeah, like good not, for RSL. It's not good for the league that RSL is among is the top. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that that is such a red flag for me. Um, and I think MLS is this is a chance for MLS to transition to a uh, hopefully less amateurish league. I think and, so too. Hopefully with this attention, we get some attention to things like extremely obscure rules, <laughs> uh, really obfuscated salary guidelines, yeah. uh, drafts that, you know, 18 drafts that nobody cares about. Like, I didn't put the re-entry de- draft on this list because I don't care. I don't think any of us care. No. And it's this week. It's okay. a great lead into the World Cup. Uh, so so all that to say, uh, like, as I, I look at these local broadcasts, I do wonder, like, RSL is not on one of the mainline channels, right? It's on 2.2. So if you have an antenna, it's not on 2, it's not on Mm 2.1. It's on 2.2. And you have to make sure that you know that it's, it's not on CBS. It's on CBS's, like, second alternative streaming, like, channel. Yeah, uh, streaming with KSL.com, like his uh, or with KSL TV rather, uh, has been a, an, a somewhat mixed bag. Uh, it's it's improved over time, I think. I've tried not to watch them uh, <laughs> because I'd rather watch on YouTube TV. Yeah, uh, because I want replays, and that's the thing. Like this comes with replays out of the gate. Yeah, uh, and that's a huge thing for me. I don't know. What do you all think? So I think for me the the important distinction that it's it's taken me until today to really kind of put my finger on, but and this is across the league. This isn't just in in the RSL fan base. I've got friends that are big supporters of NYCFC that have been saying this same thing, and I think that the the big distinction is that this is not good for RSL supporters that live in Salt Lake. Because now they have to pay to watch RSL games, right? Yeah. Every other RSL fan in the country has been doing that this entire time. And as such has been subjected to either watching the games in 480 or 720p through the KSL app. If you're within the region to do that, which I just so happen to be somehow snuck into that region, even though technically I shouldn't be. 
or on ESPN Plus. So we were all already playing for ESPN Plus. This is a three to five dollar difference, depending on which you know yeah. which Apple TV package you have for the same or similar commentators for every game, the similar production quality across the games. Um, kind of the the reference point that I use for how bad it is in other markets is I watched a Philadelphia game towards the end of the season. And there was a goal that they missed on the on the broadcast because they had an ad for Jim's used car shop or something that was taking up the bottom third of the screen. And you couldn't see half of the goal because of where this ad was. And like I've because of having to watch all the matches through ESPN Plus, I've seen how bad some of those productions have been. Mm. So fans that are outside of the Northern Salt Lake area that have always had to do this. This is a beautiful thing for it. Cause it will be it, hopefully at least HD will be able yeah. to rewind. Uh, all those things that we have never been able to do are now available to us. Um, and this goes across the entire league. Uh, I've got friends in Colorado that have not been able to watch a Rapids game on TV for years because of the blackout rules they're season ticket holders and they can't watch a Rapids game when the Rapids play away because of blackout rules. And that is just absurd. And that's gone now. Yeah. Um, so what they, they may not have been paying for ESPN plus, but they were paying for VPNs to watch their team play away games. And so to me, that's, I mean, that's the big distinction that I don't think a lot of people are making. And, and it's, I mean, MLS is a very segmented league. So people don't think about it on that scale, but I am one of those nerds that watches as many MLS games as I can. I watch as much soccer as I can. So to me, that just kind of raises the bar on everything. But I think just looking at that team by team basis, this opens a lot of doors for a lot of teams to be able to watch and a lot of fans to be able to watch them. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like a really necessary growth step for the way media and sports is being consumed. Um, Because like the KSL thing was like app and all website was so bad and the broadcast was fine but like i had a you know my tv's in the basement uh not great reception and i have literally you know an hd antenna that i put up next to like the one window we have in that room so i can watch it over the air which when it works is great but i don't do that for literally anything else and it just like to me it feels worth a hundred bucks a year because it'll make it easier to watch i think it'll be it, it just feels a lot more accessible and to me that is worth the money but you know for some people i think a lot of people like that is a lot of money to spend to watch a team that yeah like colin said you used to be able to see for free and that is a trade-off for me personally yeah, it's like a, people who like already had like a cable package that had this included or um and that yeah. like aren't going to spend extra money for this like and that seems yeah. like I don't know. We'll see how many people that ends up being. Yeah, I am curious because some of the games are free through, I think, through Apple TV. But I think you have to have a subscription for that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because I did see someone say there will be free games. I assume that they meant free games to normal Apple TV subscribers. Think The way I I read it is that the games will be available to anyone regardless of whether or not you subscribe. They're just in the Apple TV app. Okay. That's great. That's kind of the way that I read it, but yeah, because then I think that captures a little bit more of you're trying to draw people into the league who are probably soccer fans, but not 
fans of an MLS team, uh, but people like us who are, you know, gonna pay for what it whatever it is because we're gonna watch every game. Well, I think I think that you know going to the whole everyone rumoring that the whole goal of MLS is to join Liga MX, like. I think this starts to set the ground for that, even even if it's just Apple making a play for Liga MX, because that's going to be big money for them, because there are people that will pay money to view that. Like this just gives them a proof of concept to say, hey, we can we can manage broadcasts for a league that has 31 teams all over the US. We can make it globally available in high quality. Now, when they go to other soccer leagues or other professional sporting leagues and say, hey, we want to buy your TV rights. Here's what we can do. Look what we did with MLS. And MLS is kind of a low stakes thing because it has been so fragmented. Pretty much anything they do is going to make it better. Um, And I think the other thing that like from an MLS standpoint and hopefully from an RSL standpoint is this is a two and a half billion dollar deal. Like, that's a significant amount of money over 10 years that hopefully goes back into the league and brings up those salary caps and maybe we'll get Apple allocation money or something like that. Yeah, uh, can't wait. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a big baseball head, but Apple's had baseball and I don't know how successful that's been. So I'd, I'd be curious. Also, I believe on a downward trajectory as a sport. This is IMO. where we need Trevor. Yeah. We yeah. Do. We need Trevor Virto to Or we in. could actually just say a bunch of bad things about baseball. And then two two or three weeks from now, when we record another one, Trevor will have to like use his whole social hour to backpedal and cover all the things he said about baseball. Baseball I mean, is awful yeah. and incredibly boring. And Trevor's not going to listen to this. That's Come on, true. I don't know. Trevor's how people, never going to get through this far. He can't even get through this far in his own podcast. There's no way. I don't know. I don't know how people watch baseball sober. Like that's the thing that I don't get is I go to local baseball games, and I'm like, what? Why do you not? Why are you not double fisting white claws? Like how? <laughs> How are you not alternating white claws and pretzels right now? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, uh, it's like I don't know. Ooh. I I enjoyed watching uh, playoff baseball. That's always fun. But like, yeah, season's a slog. I just don't care about about it. But I I don't know. I there is like baseball also has been around for long enough to where like they are a far more professional, small p professional league than MLS. Um. And I think like what you're saying, Matt, like, I feel like this does kind of create at least like a rising tide, I hope, uh, to where a lot of like the weird, quirky, annoying things about MLS that have just been a thing because this league is young and been able like people. I mean, there's been a there's been a real uh, we're just happy you're here type of energy about a lot of this. And I think this kind of makes it a bit more serious. And uh, let's hope that translates to uh kind of just everything um and i i do think i mean just in general as as somebody who's who's been subscribed to espn plus for a long time to also like ian catch just like random mls games across the league there there are some really there have been some really terrible broadcasts (laughs) like every uh, san jose broadcast like like yeah like sometimes i like you know i think rsl has done a great job with theirs um it's you watch other teams and you realize that like that is not the standard by any means like they MLS has not had any real like stipulations around any of this stuff. It's been, it's been really bad for a long time for a lot of teams. So I think, I don't know. I, 
I was really bummed about this for a while, like when it was first announced, because, you know, I like our broadcasting team. I like our broadcast. I like, you know, I like the ability for like my mom or like my grandma would just like randomly tune in. Like that's like, you know, you're going to lose a lot of people like that. Um, and that's part of it. But I think just overall, you might gain people back on the backside once the leagues just uh, the idea of the league or how the league is perceived changes. Um, maybe you know, it, it does end up getting more people just involved and more dedicated. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of thoughts yeah, here. Sure. Uh, and we talk about the, the quality of the broadcast, right? And for home broadcasts, I think that's by and large true. Yeah. Uh, it, it could look a little better. Um, and it, it should under Apple. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be good. We tend to have a good field and it'd be nice if the field consistently looked great on the broadcast. Agreed. Right? Um, but the other thing is away game production is not like not good. Correct. Yeah. We're taking away feeds for everything from these like often pretty bad broadcasts. And we've got a bunch of people sitting in a room in Salt, in Salt Lake somewhere. Like voice and commentary, looking at a little screen, not sure what's going on and having to talk about how they don't know what's going on. Yeah. And you know, Andy Carroll cut that. Uh, but it's not like when owner we got new ownership, things changed. Yeah, they kept doing that. Yeah. And and maybe the thought was, let's not invest more money given we are, plan- you know, we've got this TV deal coming. You know, and I, I, I would understand if that's the case. But I, I don't want to wax too poetic about away game broadcasts. Because I, I don't think they've been particularly great. Oh, they've been terrible. <laughs> we have good commentators, yeah. and that's kind of the extent of it for me. But like you were saying, it's good commentators that often commentate on the fact that they don't have any more information than what we have and like what we're seeing. So Yeah, they don't have the tools to do their job properly. Right. And that's been really frustrating. And I, I think, I don't know if we've said it explicitly yet in this, but like Apple's going to have people on site for every game. Yeah, that you'll also get access to a club's home radio broadcast. So if RSL does want to send Bill Riley and Brian Dunseth, for example, uh, on the road, they could produce a radio broadcast around that. Yeah. How I, they I, sync I, that up, I don't know. That's that's magic. But I also think that I I, I don't see how Apple does this without Brian Dunseth. So like, yeah. I, I think ESPN and Fox couldn't do it without him. I don't reckon Apple's going to show up and try to do it without him. But I, he just won't be RSL's private guy who knows how to pronounce people's names and knows the difference between Scott Caldwell and uh Jasper Lofsund. Or an do you think that they'll I wonder if they'll have priority guys like do you think I know like I think Casey Keller was announced really early on to be like involved. I don't know how real that ended up being. I, I think Seattle just said that he would like Casey Keller would be involved. Uh so I, I think wonder that's if them would, saying like yeah. hey he'll at least be in radio broadcasts. I wonder if they would I mean I mean, I, literally for cost saving purposes, it would make sense for Brian to be way more dedicated to RSL just because he doesn't have to travel to uh, um, the, like any, he, he's here for, you know, all the home games. So, um, yeah, I wonder he is doing a lot more stuff for like other networks, though. Like he was I saw a video. He was doing like a uh, Kornacki style video for USA Today about the men's national team roster, which I thought was interesting. So he's like out there doing other stuff but yeah i watched yeah. the uh the rocket launch yesterday 
And they too had a Steve Kornacki impersonator. Dude, it was pretty great. Gotta have a Kornacki. Everyone's the people have spoken and the Kornacki heads have risen and everyone is clamoring for more Kornacki. No so. one can get enough Kornacki. <laughs> if you don't have a Kornacki, you're Korlacking. Oh, there we Ooh. go. Now we're cooking with gas. Let's go. Yeah. Anyway, so I think it'll be good. I guess it's kind of, it's pricey. Like I said, I'm annoyed of how many subscriptions I have and, uh, but whatever. I'm just sinking into, we live in a society folks. <laughs> so we, sometimes at least sometimes some of us live in Idaho. I don't know what that counts as, but mm, zine, get us love Idaho. I, I could have made it about Utah County, but Trevor's not here. That's true. It's too so bad. Trevor, imagine I just made a great diss against Utah County. <laughs> I know you're not listening, but <laughs> eat that, Trevor, you loser. Boom, roasted. I love Utah County. What a place. All right. Anything else? Uh, a couple other notes on the TV deal just from their uh, MLSsoccer.com slash Apple, which looks better than anything on their site normally. So that's nice, at least. Yeah. Um, so it'll each match will feature English and Spanish broadcast crews, which is an improvement. That's great. RSL hasn't had Spanish broadcasts. This says hundreds of live MLS Next Pro and MLS Next matches. That could be good. If, I mean, if Apple's go, putting these matches on, they better not be these robotic AI ones. Oh my gosh, dude. Those broadcasts were, I cannot believe that even got approved to be broadcast anywhere. That was horrific. I high school football broadcasts are infinitely better than whatever yeah. MLS Next Pro had going on this last year. Yep. Uh, exclusive live match whip around show, which we we talked about. Uh, game replays. That's a big one for me. Highlights, analysis, and other original programming. So there you go. That's that's basically everything on the page. Ta-da. Ta-da. We did it. We made it. All right. Uh, should we move on to the next segment let's do it so we're going to enter the round table segment of tonight's episode even though we're all sitting at desks and i bet they're all square oh colin are you at a desk are you at a table i am at i am at a table and it is rectangular okay good so our our square table uh or oh rec table i was i was gonna say don't do you do not say that my rectangular table is a square table i was i was just about to cut you off and say no. Um, but before we get to the rec table, uh, it looks like there's some stuff in MLS news that we missed. Yeah, I just saw that. That uh, floated into the document. I dropped should I, should I just read these yeah, verbatim? What, who is uh, SLCSC? What's what's going on with that? That is uh, St. Louis City SC. Oh, boy. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great it name. Is, <laughs> Wait, what does their jersey look like? The question on the b- document that somebody put in is the new Salt Lake City, St. St. Louis, St. Louis what? City. St. Louis City SC. Saint, is, are you serious? Is it really SLCSC? Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. their, and, and all the broadcasts, and, and, they and will be listed one as of their SLC. supporters, one of their supporters groups is calling themselves like SLC, SLC, SLCLC punks or something like that. Oh, no. Are you serious? Okay, wait a sec. This oh, is this is such funny. a mess. Okay, what is St. Louis's? Uh, it, why is it not STL? What? 
Isn't that like their? Uh, isn't that like their? Because we're running a CLT, we can't have an STL. Okay, yeah, but everyone uses the the air like the airport codes or whatever, like PDX and uh, CLT or whatever. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. This sucks, man. I'm a, I didn't even see the jerseys, and I think that they're they've made a mess of this. All right, I'm posting them, uh, but there are a couple other things on my clipboard that I was saving for later, so. I'm trying to post it. You'll see those too. Oh, including yeah, that Godspeedy Black Emperor is playing you're at the depot. Me, you're telling me this team wearing red, blue, and yellow that's SLCSC is some team in St. Louis. Yeah, a, a team in Missouri. Like I, it, I it's not St. Louis City. Like it is Salt Lake City. Yeah. The city is just called St. Louis. Or do they call it the city of St. Louis? Is it because it's like Orlando City SC? Is that like what they're going for? St. Louis City? That sounds so dumb. I think it's black, <sighs> though, not blue. It's it literally looks... the same jersey, except it just has more. Okay, is that black, not blue? I think so. I think so. Ugh, I like gross. that they have Purina. Born the, and bred that's in St. Louis. the best Louis. part of the jersey. Is yeah, that it's but... literally dog food? <laughs> Look, if you are going to be a team from St. Louis and you're just not going to like their their badge should just be Nelly. <laughs> and, a, and a bottle of Fitz's root beer. Yeah, like oh. the, their badge should just be Nelly's face. And that's. If they don't come out with a jersey that's got like a bandaid on it somewhere like. <laughs> yes, I've never all, been all the players Louis. are obligated to wear band-aids under their eye. For the entirety That's of the awesome, match, man, Nelly was so cool. I love Nelly. I love that the arch is in like a prominent feature in their badge, because that's the only thing I know about St. Louis is that it's got that arch, and I probably only know that because of Civilization Four or something. I I genuinely am I'm very confused by what they're doing over there. I mean. That yeah, that's that's really weird. I also one of the fun things about MLS is you just get like a new team popping up every year uh, I, that you have to keep track about track I, and learn about. I'm sorry, there's no way to get away from the fact that like honestly, at this point, MLS is a pyramid scheme. It's <laughs> the like, main I'm, way they no, make money I, I, is expansion. Fees. Yeah, I yeah, I 100 percent believe that for the most part, the league itself is not sustainable <laughs> in lieu of getting some hundreds of million dollars of expansion fees every year because like every year two teams come in they pay some hundred thousand dollars of expansion or hundreds millions of dollars whatever it is sure in expansion fees it's insane Don you Garber already have the elon musk of soccer <laughs> don't you worry. already have too many teams you can't even get your teams to play each other like all the time like this is insane like we we didn't play charlotte right this last season i don't think so no See, i don't know if we ever will yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry though. Uh, they're about to announce Fit FTX as the new league sponsor, so that should go well. <laughs> that would be great. Top. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about. I don't know about this at all. To be honest, I. Uh, I don't know. I don't like that there was a team in St. Louis. Don't know why. Uh, now I don't like them because they've seemed like they're just pretending like Salt Lake City isn't a thing. But whatever. Yeah, um, so so if we're to weave a conspiracy around this, I mean, please. we could just say this points 100% at a rebrand. Now, we don't have evidence for that, but if you connect all the dots, MLS, I, they, there's no way they're 
just greedy and dumb. The, that, gonna, that's impossible, right? I was going to say, like, what would your Real Salt Lake rebrand be now? You can't even have SLC in the name. <laughs> like, uh, Utah, it's hard to take it. Utah FC? I, <laughs> that seems bland enough that Ryan Smith would approve it. hey Would be surprised. Jazz I don't know. I, club. Utah United. So, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. I, I don't like this. Should, I, don't, I just Salt Lake should just rebrand brand to SLC SC and be like, well... We were here Sucks. first. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't like anything that's that I've just heard. But yeah, so to answer the question on the document, it is too close to RSL's colors. And the name is very confusingly close to something that I don't think is crazy that people just uh, most people associate SLC with Salt Lake City. Uh, and I'm not I don't think that's just me being from here speaking. I'm pretty sure having that's been just not like, from here. I had only thought of SLC as Salt Lake City. <laughs> Oh, goodness. yeah. I mean, okay, cool. I, it's great work. I wonder MLS. if we did Smith and Blitzer like care at all about that because it does look very RSL esque, and the name of SLC SC is gonna confuse people. Yeah, should we all tweet at Ryan Smith and ask? Blitzer's too busy trying to buy Liverpool, I think. So that's yeah, it's David. Please don't even joke that about that. That would be. We just need to wait for the next survey to come out. Yeah. And I, there were there were jokes about that in the Slack and people being like, "Oh, that's cool," and I was like, "No, it, wait, no, it's not. No, they, it's not." I mean, are they just jokes? I thought these were real rumors. Uh, no, I, the, the rumors are real. People were joking about it, I believe. But yeah, oh, okay. I, and he yeah. tried. Blitzer tried to buy Chelsea. Like he made a real run at that. Yeah. While I'm sorry. Another... again being a current Premier League team owner, <laughs> I've I've seen. Uh, I saw what. Poor American ownership did to Liverpool, and I mean, I, don't get me wrong. FSG has also been American ownership, but yeah. the previous American ownership, who was not really up to snuff, uh, was a disaster. And so, I'm not really. Ten- I haven't seen anything so far. Also, isn't it from David Blitzer weird? to tell me that he's a super competent o- owner yeah. of any of his clubs? So, yeah, I mean, there's obviously the example of Crystal Palace, but isn't it weird to be owned? Like, it, it'd be kind of strange if like Ryan Smith was like trying to buy other nba teams which uh, necessarily means he has to give up his stake in the one that he currently owns like if your owner is like constantly trying to get out of being an owner <laughs> of your club to be an owner of a bigger better club it feels kind of weird has he tried but... to do that with nba teams no okay. i'm saying like if ryan smith were to do that oh do you mean it has blitzer tried to do that with yeah, NBA yeah. teams i don't think so just i don't nba teams ownership like rarely changes yeah I do think, though, if you look at the history of Crystal Palace, like no one wants to be the owner of Crystal Palace. <laughs> well, that's so, also true. Yeah, it's I mean, almost, like, they're, they're almost the latent orient of the premier of the premiership. So yeah. you're like the seventh most popular club in London, no matter what you do. So, yeah, it's not a great place to be. Yeah, they could just get bought by a sovereign nation. That would probably change things. It's working well, Old Castle. Oh, yeah, yeah that'd be good. They're playing. I love Newcastle right now. They're so fun to watch. Miguel Almarone is like, what a player. So good this year. He's on my fantasy team too, and he's just absolutely crushing. You might even say he's so hot right now. He is so hot right now. Um, Let's see. uh, Another another news item. Seattle retained Lagerway as GM and president of soccer. There was some people saying, oh, Lagerway might come back. Nope. (laughs) So... I mean, I, I've been 
wishfully thinking, wouldn't it be nice if he came back? Well, oh, and the way the way that works yeah. in Seattle is like fans, eligible fans can have a voting right. Um, and uh, wait, are you saying the president of the club is they vote for they the president vote of the club for at least the GM? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, and he got like ninety one percent voted to retain oh, yeah. him. Yeah, yeah and he he it's, doesn't have to stay there. Of course, it doesn't it doesn't mean that he's locked into a contract as a result of that vote. Uh, but if they had voted to get rid of him, I don't know, fire him out of a cannon, he'd have to be fired out of a cannon. Shoot yeah, him! Sorry, the what sound. is St. Louis's crest? That sucks. What is going on? Is that the arch? That's I the don't... arch. Okay, it's like three arches. The... I don't like anything about what's happening here. Okay, sorry. I just saw it. <laughs> we moved you know on. Who else an arch? Yeah. I'll never move on. McDonald's. Our state. Dude, our arch oh. is real too. We wow. should. That's. We should go really aggressive. And like you said, SLC. Ooh, SLC FC. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Has there and been a soccer put team delicate arch from Utah that is? Uh, you know, shown a prominent arch in the past at any point. I I can vaguely remember one. Uh, it's taken away from us. Yeah, they were announced um, five so, okay, years sorry. ago today. Uh, I saw my wow. Facebook memories. Nice. Yeah, that is quite yeah. a history. Yeah. yeah. So shout out to Loggerway for probably sticking around in Seattle. That's good for him, I assume. Coming off of the. You know, missed the playoffs this season, won the Champions League, though. So, yeah, you win some, you lose some. You really, really, Liverpool, really Liverpool did in <laughs> what, what was it, 2006. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this last item, uh, Brian Ojeda, Jefferson Saverino called up to their respective national teams. Saverino scored a game tying goal in stoppage time uh, for Venezuela the other day. Yesterday, maybe. I can't. Time is recently i'm losing my mind but i know that happened uh brian ojeda oh and also sergio cordova posted like a um that man is like a really funny tweeter i gotta he, say he's in the posting wars yeah he's he he posts his feelings that's for sure and uh we even we haven't really had a player like that on like do stuff very often but um, let's let's read off his tweets because i they're vague i think they're fun confused the one i'm referring to is like a he just posted like a picture of himself in an rsl jersey looking like it was like after like probably like a he missed a chance or whatever he's like sadly leaning up against like the ad boards if my it looks like he's gonna jasper leffel send it oh okay and what was his caption on that tweet uh Oh, it's uh. Did he just do like a frowny face or something? No, it's the sweat frown. Oh yeah, and people were saying like, "Oh, what's going on here?" And it's probably just because he didn't get called into the national team, which he did not. So yeah, um, yeah. So that's that. Um, so I'm on his tweets and replies, and uh, he is, it looks like he's a big FIFA Ultimate Team head. Yeah. Oh. Which is who isn't really? I'm. Not me anymore. I'm not. I am not. I'm sorry. Um, before that, he's got a photo of him looking strong in some very exciting zebra stripe shorts. Yeah, it is funny to be like a professional athlete playing Ultimate Team and like tweeting at EA Help about your missing content. I think that's really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, anyway. 
Yeah, so uh, Sergio didn't. Uh, I haven't seen Brian play for the uh, Paraguayan national team, assuming he's probably pretty good on that team. I don't know. They don't really have a ton of great players, but they do. Miguel Amaron's Paraguayan, right? Oh, am I making that up? I'm like almost certain. Yes. Certain he is. Okay, yeah. So he's on that team. So that's cool. He gets to play with Miguel Amaron. Um, I, I was mean, just Miguel surprised Amaron. to see call up so close to the World Cup. I mean, I know they're they're not yeah, World Cup teams, but I was wondering about that. So like, are they playing? I mean, they're playing friendlies this week, but it's like it is kind of strange. There are World Cup but... teams playing friendlies on Wednesday. Oh, I know. Which is um, madness. Yeah, uh, Mexico, I think, actually played one today, didn't they? Yeah, they lost 2-1 to Sweden. Good. That's cool. <laughs> that is so strange, though. Like, did they play in Europe? They had to, right? Yeah, I think so. That's I mean, strange. I get it. You want a warm-up game with some of these players? and Yeah, but don't you want... I mean, I guess you're kind of picking between a warm-up game and uh, getting, like... There's no way the game was actually in Qatar, was it? I don't know. Uh, this one was in the Venezuela Panama game. Yeah, I, I mean the Mex- the teams that are in the in the. Oh yeah, Sweden's not in the World Cup, right? They didn't make it. No. Yeah, they did not make it. Yet again. Um, has Slatan yeah. been playing for them again? I know he's Estadio Montevili in Spain. They played in Spain. Okay, and Venezuela pay- played in uh, the UAE. So. Ooh. Not, oh, that's weird. Um, a, a small correction it was Sovereigna who got the assist. It was a really, it was a great mazy run. Oh, for the game tying goal. It was a, okay. a beautiful. Trey, Trey, I took it from Trey's tweet, so blame Trey. Maybe I, I misread his I tweet. I would love to. He said maybe he just meant that he created it, but yeah. Um, it is it is worth noting that Mexico's first World Cup game isn't until next isn't until next Tuesday. Oh, so yeah, they do have a little over a week to. So that's not. Yeah. Not too bad for a tune-up game to, to come a week before group play. So. I mean, the United States isn't until Monday, but they, yeah, they haven't played since those two horrific friendlies they played. Yeah. Which I'm not convinced. They haven't really played in 2022, have they? Yeah. <laughs> that is also true. But uh, they, uh, I'm, I'm a little, maybe a little 40 chess from a triple from Triple G. I, I don't. We don't need to talk about it. But the World Cup roster had some uh, some surprises. IMO, but. No uh, Justin anyway. Glad. No Aaron Yeah, Herrera. no Justin Glad. Aaron Herrera wasn't on the roster, and I was very shocked about that. So, um, uh, I think Mexico had uh, Raul Jimenez come back and play his first action. So I think that's also oh, that's good for them. Yeah, I actually I like he, that guy. I was gonna say, hasn't he been back for a while? He got re-injured. He hasn't been playing for. A while, oh, okay. So. Um, I don't know what's going on with him, but he. He's been back from that head injury for a little while. Okay. When he like almost died on the field. That was pretty crazy. That was really scary. Um, but yeah, all right. So that's all the news. What's 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 uh, what, uh, what's that, left, Matt? As I say, Matt, you gotta bring the, the rec table back into order here. Wait, yep. okay, uh, before so Matt, before you actually get us back in track, I was just I'm, I'm not going to Mike Petsky's <laughs> likes. Oh, because I don't know if this has been discussed in a while, but one of his more recent likes is Sergio Ramos giving his jersey to the actor that plays Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Mike Petke is like, <laughs> he's like, this awesome. That's what I'm about. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to have an identity. 
Yeah, Lucas, thank you for that. A very important update. Jeez, this is why yes. Sorry, Matt, I'm right. the best breaking a... news reporter in the state. Kit Harrington, right? Is that his name? Yeah, that sounds right. Why did sounds... Kit... Whatever. I'm not gonna... Yeah, I don't care. Sounds like a fur trapper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he All looks right, like so... too. Uh, I we've got let's let's take about 20 minutes and do this. How's that? Okay. Um, Sounds good. So what I've written here is season highlights and lowlights. And that's all the prompt I'm going to give us is let's talk about some of the great moments, some of the bad moments, some of the hilarious moments. And uh, let's just kind of go around the room. And uh, Colin, let's start with you if you're feeling all ready. Right. So for this round table. I actually prepared a list. I have a list of both. Nice. So do you want me to do like one or two and we discuss it? Do you want me to just list off my highlights? No, like what do you want me to do? One or two sounds great. And let's try to get through your whole list and just All right. go around with everyone. My, my first highlight of the season was Jasper Loffelson, who mm. uh, was just an incredible pickup. Uh, nobody expected him, I think, to do a lot with this team. No one expected uh, him to be on the roster uh, yeah. to begin with. So uh, real credit to his hard work, his, uh, his tenacious work in the midfield. Um, and, you know, he was a real bright spot for this team through um, some great stretches of play. So congratulations to Jasper and uh, hope that he can continue that good road of form. Um, my second highlight of the season is Jefferson Savarino, mm. which is an easy one. Uh, you know, great player. The team, you know, the, the, type of, the type of player who can really make a huge difference in a game. And he did so in several games. Um, you know, getting RSL wins. Um, and then... Yeah, and uh, Sabrina from the second he showed up, like, was a pretty clear difference maker for uh, for RSL. Um, you could immediately see the quality on the field. I, mean, uh, I I was probably in the press box with at least Matt, Matt and Trevor, potentially, like, that first time he subbed in uh, that first game on, coming back, and he just looked so sharp. And I was like, man, uh, yeah, he's, like, really good and he's better than most of our team well, so and i think the fact that he's a guy who left went to a better team in a better league and played better than he played here and yeah. then came back was such a moment of optimism that oh rsl can get good players mm-hmm. so that was followed by a low light low light in my list but we can talk about that later yeah uh one of my highlights is lucas breaking the news that sovereign you know was in talks to return because uh, <laughs> That just came completely out of left field. And when rumors pop up like that, it's just so much fun. So thank you, yeah, Lucas, awesome. for giving us all hope. Happy to do it. All right, Colin. Um, okay. So uh, one of my next highlights was the uh, the three-game stretch where we beat Austin, Montreal, and Houston. Um, I thought I thought the win against uh, the win in Montreal in particular, um, I thought was a particularly good one. I thought a lot of guys played really well um, in a place that, um, you know, midseason, it really kind of felt this, you know, this was before a swoon. It really kind of felt that like, wow, this team is really putting something together right now. Um, and that stretch of play there was good. Um, Justin Glad and Marcelo Silva, uh, who I cannot talk enough about, um, who anchored what was a, a better than expected defense, I think. And um, both of them deserve a lot of credit. I'm just glad for his continual improvement. Um, is still a relatively young guy and Marcelo Silva for, you know, cutting out some of the errors we'd seen him make in previous seasons and also actually able to stay healthy for a whole season. Yeah, it was his best um, uh, season in an RSL uniform, I think was pretty clear. Uh, was captain the entire season aside from one game or two games. 
Um, yeah. yeah, it was an awesome Marcelo year. Very, very happy with him. And I, I mean, yeah, like you mentioned, like in years past, um, injuries have been a big problem and him uh, making a lot of really stupid mistakes has been a, a problem. And I don't think, you know, every defender has has moments, but he was not in any way more out of sorts than uh, than anyone else uh, on this team. And I think that he, I mean, I, th- I felt like our defensive line was one of this team's strengths this year, um, like the whole year. So, yeah, uh, couldn't agree more. And then my final highlight, um, this one's going to be quite sappy, but honestly, my highlight of every season is being at the stadium. It's being there with my friends, it's tailgating, it's the jokes. And that's what really makes, you know, RSL, you know, my community and a place for me. So every season, it. that's that's my favorite thing. It's always a highlight. And to, to you boys who I saw at the stadium and to my normal crew, including Dustin and Brooke and Sarah and Andy and Riley, who we see at games often, um, always a joy. Oh, yeah. Can confirm. More. Yeah, I just a tail, uh, tailgate, just to... Uh, whatever the word is on that uh talking about tailgating specifically uh i spent more time in the tailgate lot this year than i have in years prior and i think that should be something that everyone at least gives some uh you should give it a shot if you um have ever considered uh going i don't park in the lot so like it's not like i'm i like have a car that i'm hanging out at i kind of um you know we'll like if Colin isn't there and that group isn't there, I'll find other people to hang out with. Um, but I highly recommend people come hang out in the tailgate lot. Uh, I think it does a lot for the atmosphere that's brought into the stadium. I think it makes a big difference when there's a lot of energy in the tailgate lot and um, the little march to the match thing that they do with like the supporters groups. That's awesome. It's really fun. Highly recommend people participate in that as well. I can't promise there's going to be tacos next year. I don't know what the taco plan is. It's one of my big concerns going into this next year. Um, I yeah, it's there's a lot up in the air right there uh, on, on that topic, but we'll see. Um, I can if if there are top tacos or if there are not. Um, either way, it's worth coming to hang out in the in the lot. And um, I don't know, maybe we have some like meetups for people uh, in the ward and people who listen to this who want to come hang out and just haven't gotten the habit of doing so love to try to get people to do that more because it's awesome and it's fun so yeah let's just plan on that and we'll make a bunch of stickers and yeah 100 percent. we can have lucas spend like 200 dollars in polaroids again oh man i still have they're like right here i still have like boxes and boxes of these oh then we can just do it again yeah i'm already sweet um should we go to somebody else's highlights yeah let's do it uh ian how about you um well i think my first highlight was jasper lofson but i think i'm going to pivot that a little bit um and just talk about the depth of players that we saw come in um players that i mean haziel roscoe even though he didn't get the greatest treatment after one loss um him coming in um diego luna like there were a lot of young players, somewhat untested players, players that were new to the team, players that weren't supposed to make it past the Monarchs that got first few minutes this year and were able to kind of show that they had a spot on there. I think Michael Chang is kind of one of those players that probably wasn't in the plans for the for a starting 
player, let alone on the wing, um, and was able to yeah. kind of come in and prove that even at 30, he's like 32, 33, even at, even at that age, he's still a very dynamic player that puts a lot of create is he's a chance creator and he's a chance creator from whatever side he needs to be on. Um, I think the other highlight is Justin Glott's goals. Like just that whole, that run at the first third of the season where defenders were outscoring the attacking players. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. That's also a low light, but the fact that there was a point in time where Justin Glad and Marcelo Silva had the same amount of goals as Sergio Cordova and Bobby Wood, like, and there was a, there was a game where Justin Glad was the number one goal scorer on the team for like almost the entire game. Uh, and then Sergio scored towards the end. Um, but I think that that's like, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> the, my, my coaching style and the style that I like to see is, is, you you win as a team, you lose as a team, and when you put defenders in a situation where they're able to make impacts on games like that, not just in a defensive third but also in an attacking third, it does build a lot for team morale. Um, and so that was a neat thing to see, just because yeah. I I want to see defenders score because I'm too big to play any other defender. So yeah, I th- I mean that was. It really was super fun. And they also were like really important goals. Like, um, you know, Justin Glad kind of set the tone for the defender scoring in that uh, the snow game in New England where, um, yeah, he essentially, I mean, he scored the game tying goal, I believe. Tate Schmidt scored the game winner um, in that game. I mean, I think that game was definitely a highlight for me uh, for this season. Um, but yeah, loved seeing and for a minute there it wasn't necessarily just because our strikers weren't scoring it was literally just because our our defenders were actually scoring a lot too so it was it was a highlight that kind of turned into a low light (laughs) as as we struggled for a little while but um yeah no that was that was amazing uh marcelo had at least two i think probably within a couple game span or three game span um which was awesome and then that was kind of dried up but, you know, it was fun while it lasted. And I love seeing Justin Glad score. I uh, wish he could have put that one away at the end of the... Was it in the Austin game that he had a good... Ch- I can't remember. Um, toward the end of the season there, he had a, some chances yeah. to bury some. And I uh, didn't. But, you know, there's always next year. So, until there's not, though. So, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. The slow death of the universe, I guess, right? Heat death, is that what they call it? Yes. You should ask the doctor in the room. Uh, yeah, it's a heat. It's a heat death. Great. Universe continually expanding. Yeah, means all, every all the sources of heat get further and further away. Mm. That's right. Sounds Anything bad. Anything else, Ian? No, I think that's my highlight. Unfortunately, my low light list is pretty pretty long. So we'll okay. Well, I'll let everyone else do their highlights, and then I'll write on the parade. Um, I'm going to sprinkle in one of my highlights here, and it's an entirely not cruelly serious one. And that's Sergio Cordova tweeting that he is not a designated player. That was because awesome. I've never seen anything like it. Like he he was a designated player. Like there's there's no disputing that because it's a roster mechani- like mechanism. But it was just so fun. Like it's like what difference does it really make to him? I guess <laughs> like, for him to be like no, it's like why do you care? Like it doesn't actually change much. And just um, like the the laughing crying emoji, like, yeah, just, that was awesome. 
that whole thing. He's he's a tremendous follow on Twitter. Yeah. Because Lucas, none of it truly what, makes sense. Lucas, what are your highlights? Because you, you spent a lot of time taking photos this year. I just want to plug Lucas's photos of the team this year. You took a lot of great photos, some of Thank my you. favorites. Uh, some I think probably the most popular ones just by nature of it being like a really unique situation was all the the uh, teddy bear thrown on the field. Mm-hmm. You had some really good photos of that moment. You were in a great spot for that. You took a lot of really great film photos of yeah. the team and in games this year, which is difficult to do and have yeah. turned out well. Uh, but what are some of you? That's one of my highlights. Thank you. Was Lucas? Yeah. <laughs> but I what agree. are some of your highlights, Lucas? Because you were you were on the field for so much of the season. Yeah, I mean, this is something I in no way got any photos of, but Herrera's goal and the League's Cup was just like. It was incredible. It was a meaningless moment in a lot of ways, but it was just so fun and just such an incredible goal to hit the back of the net from 65, 70 yards out like that. Uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, it's 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 not an exaggeration to say it's it's one of the best long range goals of all time, like yeah. longer than half. I think yes, that was I I would say that that's probably true. <laughs> he hit the back and then just like everything about it was like he he just like took one touch to the side so calmly just launched it and then hits the back of the net without um and without he, a bounce and at him all. talking just, about it too like uh kind of I kept seeing the the creeper kind of cheat a little bit off his line and coming far out so I was keeping an eye on him and then the pull that out is yeah just incredible it's awesome uh another highlight um just all the stadium improvements like the stadium mm. pre-name change uh looked incredible looks incredible inside and kind of for the first time feels like you're in a real salt lake stadium mm. and yeah. also really helped by debatable sellouts but more more people in the building at the games uh mm-hmm. really full game atmospheres for most of the home games it was a lot of fun and when you're taking photos it's awesome to have like a packed crowd for the backdrop for those uh yeah looks way better yeah i mean that was one thing that was rough about some of those like royal summers games where there'd be six thousand people in a twenty thousand person stadium uh it was nice yeah. to like see rio tinto consistently packed out yeah i know like there was like Obviously, a lot of me, ma- a lot made about the uh, the sellout streak that that was um, and kind of the meme around that. But I, I, I think it's incredibly fair to say that there was just there were way more people uh, going to games this year than we have seen in, in the last few years. Um, and it you could feel it in the stadium. Um, there were like notable, like really big games, mm-hmm. like the LAFC game, of course. Huge. Um, that was and then so fun. Yeah, it was crazy. I have never I I mean, that was the most people that's ever been in that stadium. And of course, you know, it's LAFC and they bring out extra people. But I mean, you know, for that for that playoff game too, or wait, not, that wasn't a playoff game. The play in game, I guess, against Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't officially, but whatever. Uh, there were so many people for that game and that was a midday Sunday game on my birthday. So great to see so many people show up for my birthday. Thank you all for coming. Um, but it was, that awesome. was the only event that was, that was the reason everyone was there. I know they all told me that. And so I just have to keep having a birthday on like a home Sunday game to get everyone to show out. But I think the yeah, last was awesome. I wanted to point out was 
something a lot of us experienced together. The first half hour of that first playoff game was so much fun. And Beer Bar was such a great atmosphere, followed by a low light of the next 90 minutes and the shootouts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I that's that's very true. I yeah, there were the fan experience this year, I think, was just in general was a highlight. Um, like you mentioned, the stadium improvements I think were uh super palpable like i very noticeable in the stadium um if it's just like it's just prettier (laughs) like it it just feels better looks better uh they installed the tifo system which was great um we've got uh, some version of safe 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 standing coming next season so they're they're making improvements these things make a difference and it did feel a lot better this year than it has years past and yes i could not agree more on the austin playoff game that was so fun for a little while <laughs> and then it was very painful for me and all of us but um there's just photographic evidence of it being painful for me um so yeah uh couldn't agree more good 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 highlights all right matt what are yours uh so we had sergio cordova yeah. um i mean gasper leffelson was a highlight mm-hmm. i think this season was more tilted toward low lights for me. Um, okay. But uh, yeah. it, it was, I think like everything everyone said, I can second. Um, it was better being in the same, except the uh, LAFC game. That was probably my worst fan experience. And I just tried to walk during halftime. Like that, <laughs> that was the worst. There were too many people there. What was? Yeah. Just because it was too too many people. Yeah, I think they I think they oversold it by an extreme amount. Mm. Um, and I th- I think that's what happens when you have standing room only tickets. Like, yeah, the whole stadium becomes standing room. Yeah, the south end was crazy. Like, basically, all the stairs and area between the the top and bottom were just full of people. I yeah. ne- I like literally never seen any like that stadium even close to mm. being that full before. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't. I I think they actually oversold it, but I think, uh, I think if you average it out, then it makes up for the other sellouts. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's a good one. I other highlights I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, I mean, a, a full year of actually being able to go to games. Yeah, that was great. That was nice, uh, and it was it was good to be there regularly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think it, you know, it, it's just a good time, most of the yeah. time. Yeah, I'm trying. Uh, I thought specific like players uh, highlights for me. I thought Andrew Brody had a had a good year. I um, really enjoyed some of the stuff he was doing this year, especially when Aaron Herrera was out. Um, I thought he stepped in really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was one of my highlights was how excited I was about Danny Musovski. <laughs> that of course didn't <laughs> pan out in any meaningful way at all. Um, so that was a highlight for me was getting really hyped up on the moose train. Uh, I, I think the players we did bring in, um, it, it's interesting because like they were, you know, Pablo said they weren't our first choice. I don't know why he offered that, but what I mean, a moment honest, of honesty. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know, I think both of them were highlights for me. I thought Brian Ojeda and um, Brian Oviedo were both 
really good. And I, I thought, um, yeah, so both of those guys, I was happy to see them come in and I think make a, a positive difference. Um, the trouble, of course, is like when we talk about low lights, um, like the entire summer <laughs> being uh, the at least the results um, were really difficult. Um, and that's kind of the I mean, for me, the low lights that, that, that really stuck out to me, of course, is the Ochoa situation. Um, the incredibly bad run of form that we had historically bad run of form that we had and then um kind of blowing the chance that we had uh by still against all odds making it to the playoffs against all odds that we kind of stacked up ourselves um making it to the playoffs uh getting out ahead and blowing that game was really frustrating because uh yeah, anything can happen in the playoffs, and when it's these one game, we're not doing you know home and away. Um, you got to seize those chances, and like for it to be within our grasp, and then just really let it go was, uh, and kind of compounding on our mistakes was was really frustrating for me. But um, I I I don't know. I, I have a mixed I have mixed feelings when I think about like the overall like whether I think this was more high or low season. I, I, I can kind of talk myself into either way. Um, if I, if you ask me, you know, if we were still like right at the end of that really bad run of form, I would say easily low lights just because that was really abysmal stuff <laughs> for months. But, you know, uh, I, I think that there's things to be optimistic about moving forward. And uh looks like we are in the running for a new coach. So that's exciting. <laughs> Yeah, should so. we should we take a sidebar and talk about the weird rumors yeah. that have popped up on Twitter around that? RSL has been rumored with two different coaches: the outgoing coach of Boca or not Boca, sorry, River Plate, and uh, the outgoing coach from uh, was it Puebla? Yeah, from Puebla. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know what's up with that, but um, I don't know why we're the team. Like, because there's no way we're actually looking to hire a coach, right? Right. Uh, I mean, in, intuitively, yeah. like, I yes. I mean, if you asked me, is <laughs> coaching a place that this team could upgrade? I would say yes. Yeah. But I'm not sure that there's reason to believe at the moment that the ownership is pushing for a coaching change. <laughs> so it's like, does it make sense to me that they should want to change coaches? Yes. Yeah. Uh, do I believe that there is an active coaching search? I don't know that I believe that that's true. Yeah. the The weird part for me is i I've been following this team and writing about this team closely for over a decade. Uh, and through that time, I've seen a lot of Twitter rumors come and go, but I've never seen multiple rumors about a coaching hire pop up in close succession when RSL has a coach. Yeah, very strange. And and maybe it's totally coincidental and totally made up. And I don't think it's accurate. Uh but it is I mean, weird. I mean it's it's like one of those things I could see maybe just like some pre preliminary like a club being like you know, obviously we don't want to fire a coach, but if we could get this guy, maybe we would. And so like maybe those coaches are kind of, and their agents are using it as, you know, bait, right. To, to drum up their own interest a little bit, but like, yeah, I don't know that I believe that there's any truth in the fact that RSL is going to fire Pablo, yeah. but 
there might be an opportunity where if some one of those well, if one of those guys were, was like, yeah, absolutely, I would come to Real Salt Lake, then maybe they would be like, all right, let's let's have a real conversation about it. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean you see that in teams across the world, right? If you get a chance to hire a uh, River Plate's manager, who's like, I mean, he's been there since it's been it's been a long time. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Do you take that? <laughs> I mean, you, you at least hear him out, right? Like, like Colin yeah. said. Yeah. I mean, so that will lead into a low light for me, um, which is Pablo Mastroini tactically, um, because I find uh, him to be extremely frustrating. Um, I think that the whole three-man back line has, for the most part, produced disastrous results. And the last time he tried it with any seriousness, we played it in Atlanta and immediately gave up two goals in the first half, where he then conceded defeat and switched the formation again. Um, but then it's it's not just in terms of like his ability to switch formations. It has to do with the like the players he's putting in what positions. Um, and I thought it was really frustrating that during that poor run of form, we had a lot of players playing out of position. And then all of a sudden, we put a lot of players where they naturally play and the results looked much better. So it's a, a constant frustration to me that, you know, he doesn't, doesn't seem to set up the team tactically as best he can to mm-hmm. maximize its talent. And we have to, we can only do that in very important games, but we have to spend seven games uh, getting to a very important game before we can actually play the formation. That is probably the best. For yeah. The team. It's part of why that summer was so painful. It was kind of, it, I mean, we talked about it then of course, but like the endless tinkering was just, uh, seemed to really take a toll on, on certain players and um, made them less effective. Uh, it did seem like we moved away from like things that we knew worked uh, and kind of, I mean, like I, I didn't like Sabrina playing as a second striker that I thought that he was pretty clearly less effective in that position. So yeah, I agree. Uh, low light was uh, being very frustrated with certain, certain uh, decisions made by the old gaffa as it were. And then am I saying yeah. that correctly? <laughs> I believe so. I believe so. Uh, um, and then I would say uh, along with that, um, it, it just like some weird quotes, like when he said, Oh, we don't really have an, uh, we don't have, we need wingers. Like winger is this position that we need depth in, which was like a weird thing to say. Um, yeah. like just, he didn't know what position Joni Menendez preferred to play in, uh, which was a really bad one. Um, so like a lot of weird things also in terms of that from Pablo that, um, seems to make me question his his real grip on on the team and knowing these guys in and out. Yeah. Any other lowlights we want to talk through? I mean, uh it's they do kind of feel feel self-evident, but I will say for me a frustrating one was I felt like uh Haziel not getting more time was a bit of a low light for me. Um I didn't I also didn't feel like Diego Luna got enough time um, and I'm kind of still a little unclear about like what the plan is with him moving forward. Um, I think it's pretty clear he wants to be in Europe and he might be able to earn himself a, a move to Europe just by, you know, his play on the youth men's national team. A lot of other guys have have done that where they haven't played much in MLS. Um, I was thinking I was. I was actually thinking about this uh, and Diego Luna in reference to me looking up uh, what's how Joe Scally got to um, to 
uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach is who I think he plays for. Um, and he's only 19, and he only made four appearances for NYCFC. Um, but really, I think what pushed him over the top was performances with these the youth national team. So I'm wondering if like Diego Luna just earns himself a move just from that play, and if it's not even going to come from RSL. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up not even seeing Diego Luna very much and he does end up making a move to Europe. Um, and it's uh, because, you know, and we, we won't ever be able to get his, him to see or to make much of a difference uh, with RSL. But um, did it, did his second job ever get publicly announced? I can't remember. Yeah. Did yeah. They announce that? Uh, Spence checks. Spence check. It's talked about it on the radio. They didn't, he didn't say where. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so Diego Luna is a barista also, which is interesting. So, uh, maybe he just has aspirations of uh, moving to Europe and working at a nice coffee shop there as well. Next thing say. we know, he's going to work in the importing exporting industry and uh, start taking photos of games he's not playing in. <laughs> they call it the oh. Lucas Muller trajectory. <laughs> I love it. That's a good uh, yeah, um, that was a low light for me, but I mean, you know, we he wasn't with us the full season, so we'll see what happens next year, but. Um, I really think he, I think he's a, a really good player and I just want to see us, uh, you know, invest more in those younger guys, but I guess we'll see what happens also with, uh, some of the younger Academy kids we signed to first team deals as they've get, as they're getting a little bit older because, um, a lot of them are still like 15 or 16. So, um, I, ha- I have two that I'll throw in one. I'm going to be very careful about and one I'm not going to be very careful about, cool. um, the first one, and I, I don't think that if you listen to the last episode, you'll be surprised by this, is just Sergio Cordova kind of overall. I was a big Sergio Cordova head when we signed him um, from the you know electronic music highlight reel and kind of just the stats and everything. I thought he was going to come in to make a huge difference. Um, and it went from... You know, oh, he's just got to get his mojo to, you know, oh, he's just got to get the right service to, oh, we need to pull wingers and to play false nines underneath him to he's a reluctant striker. He's actually a number 10. Why would why would he play striker? Um, and I think that that all comes like the 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 real shining example of that is him missing an open goal in San Jose. Um I have a yeah. lot of RSL memories and that one is one I'll never be able to erase <laughs> is him falling completely down in front of an open goal <laughs> in a game that was totally winnable with that goal. And he just fell. I um, forgot to include that in my highlights. Yeah. That so awesome. that was a low, that was the low light. Uh, my other one is uh, I think this is the one I'm being careful with. Cause I know I'll get a DM either way, but um the general communication uh, from the club about a whole myriad of things, um, whether it was players coming in, players leaving, uh, coaching decisions, uh, how many tickets were sold, how many tickets were scanned, uh, fan experience surveys, starting lineups, um, just across the board, there was some weirdness there. Uh, there were certain things that probably shouldn't have made it past a focus group that somehow made it all the way to production. And like the name of the stadium, you mean? I'm being careful, Kyle. Um, oh, sorry. 
So uh, they somehow made it all the way to production. And when it was accidentally leaked and they saw the backlash that they knew that they were going to get, they chose to do nothing about it. And then were surprised, seemingly surprised about the backlash they got. Mm. And the response to that was to block fans uh, under spurious things. um, And then kind of leverage certain media groups and certain communication channels to try to overshadow that. Um, I think the David Ochoa situation, you know, uh, there are certain people that have highlighted this very well, but uh, David Ochoa being out of contract and Albert Usnack being out of contract were treated completely differently. Um, And the one that got the better treatment was not the homegrown player that came from the Casa Grande Academy. Um, And so that's, just kind of a, a kind of left, you know, yeah. uh, I definitely found myself a lot of times this year separating the club, the front office, the managerial business side of it and the team because the team was doing the best they could with what they had. Um, and I enjoyed that part and the rest of it was less excited. I'm going to add a third one, that LAFC game. Um I don't think I've ever been given a proper soapbox to stand on. So I'm going to take it right now. If you show up to an RSL game in an RSL Jersey and hold up a Tottenham scarf, because you're there to see a player on the other team. Don't come, don't come to the game and don't wear an RSL Jersey. Like rude to Lucas. (laughs) Yeah. I I was nothing wrong with my actions. (laughs) There, There is nothing more frustrating to me than sitting and watching a team that I've been supporting for years lose and having people in RSL jerseys, even old ones like, you know, 2016, 2014, clapping for the team that just beat us because they saw a player score two goals. Like, that is insane to me. And I just like, on top of everything else that happened in that game, the dude selling weed outside of the bathroom, the fact that no one could get to the bathroom, the the chant coming from the... The chant coming from the South End that no one wanted to do anything about, but also no one wanted to be pinned on them. Like, I get that that was the most people in that stadium and whatever, but that was a bad look on a lot of levels. So, fair okay. enough. I got my I got my venom out. You guys go ahead now. Yeah, I think I kind of want to follow up on something you said. Not not the Tottenham thing, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but just. Like the stadium name is, I I think, rightly frustrating. I think it's, it's it sucks that, you know, Spence Checkets gets on his show and sets up this you know straw man argument for the RSL president. And it's easy to dismiss that any credible fan would have an actual reason to be upset about having yeah. a stadium name that is literally a KKK slogan. Like that just that just sucks. And it just there's no admission that this could be a problem. And it also one of you guys has has made this point. Like it shouldn't be an RSL. It's a great contract. I if I'm in that position, I don't know if I would turn that down. Like that's really good money for naming rights of a stadium. Um it should be in the credit union. Like, why do you guys have this terrible name? Uh and but like, it just feels like a lot of things are sort of overhyped and I don't know, under delivered maybe. I mean, it's like the safe standing is, is kind of a good example of it's like, oh man, 
we're getting safe standing. This is going to be awesome. I think we're all picturing, you know, LAFC's wall or like Borussia Dortmund's wall or, you know, something like that. And it's like 10 rows. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not even it's 10 eight rows. rows. It's, it's like four, four rows. Yeah, it's tiny. This tiny part yeah, of the smallest part of the stadium, it's not going to really have an impact on stadium, you know, on stadium yeah. culture. Like, I think we have all wanted safe standing for years and years because that is something that could rally the fan base. And RSL has always had a good but very fragmented fan base. Like, maybe that's a chance to unify. And it's like the club is hyping it up. And then, yeah, it's four rows, it's eight rows, whatever it is. Like, oh, like this is another thing that was going to be great that just feels really flat when it's actually delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, it honestly feels just, like kind of new ownership in general of we're going to bring in players like or, 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 you know, management saying we're going to bring in some really good players this summer. And then it gets rolled back to when Bobby Wood and Demir Krylock are healthy. It'll be like new signings. And then Bobby Wood and Demir Krylock don't ever feature again. Yeah. And just as like a point of clarity, because I've seen a similar thread come back and I want to make sure that we cut this off. The safe standing thing is not something someone made up. The safe standing thing came from a representative of the club, like was told to people in a public setting that this was going to happen. This isn't a, a fake rumor that Twitter made up like this is something that a representative of the club told people was happening and gave explicit details about what was happening. Yeah. And even a date for when it was going to happen. Multiple dates when they. Uh, and yeah. And as that date got pushed back, it was communicated. Oh, it's going to be this date. Oh, it's going to be this date. But the plan is still the same. And now here we are. The plan is not what was told. It's at the way at the end of the season. And there's just nothing on it. And, you know, it's it's like, oh, well, that never happened. No, it did happen. A lot of people were there. You know, beer bar was. Mm-hmm. A lot of people heard it. So, anyways, I've heard this about other things that we or other comp- other groups have brought up. That like, oh, well, that's just a thing Twitter made up. No, that's a that's definitely there were people there. So, I mean, yeah. the people I saw tweeting about it had blue checks. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say the safe standing thing is uh, near and dear to my heart because one of my lowlights was the fact that I was constantly getting in fights in the supporters section uh, for standing. Um, which is something that I've been doing for over a decade uh, in the supporters section. And I've never had more negative and seen more negative interactions uh, in the supporters section than this year. Um, The club really needs to clean this up, honestly, um, because like the supporters section is well known as a place that people are going to be standing, that people are going to be saying bad words. Like (laughs) part of the, part of the problems is like more fans want to come and that's great. But more fans want to pay less money to bring their kids in, which means they're buying supporter section tickets, which is really inappropriate. Yeah. And I think the club and then they get mad that the that the atmosphere isn't what they want. And they're yelling at other fans. Mm-hmm. They're telling them to sit down. They're telling them to stop. Hey, don't use that language. Like and the supporter section, like the, the club needs to like actually go through some sort of process to be like if like, you know, like a vetting essentially to put people in the supporter section. Because it's it's not appropriate for people to bring their four year old kids still, like, uh, and then get they upset. They used to have disclaimers if you're going to buy tickets in the South End. I think they do still show that, but it's like it's not. Yeah, but whether or not anyone's reading it or taking it seriously is another question. They're, 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 so, like, the disclaimer for them is five dollar ticket. Yeah, 
I mean, the same thing happened at the at the Monarchs 2019 final is they sold the supporter section as five dollar family tickets and then like caused a bunch of issues because they wouldn't let people sit with the supporters group if they didn't have an official supporters group ticket and they didn't the supporters group didn't know about that. And so you've got all these families showing up and then you've got the Wasatch Legion banging on signs and making fun of the goalkeeper's last name and people getting upset because their family didn't want to hear that noise. So, yeah. And it's, it's just a problem that it's something the club needs to do something about, uh, which I was really hopeful to safe standing was going to fix. Nobody can tell me to sit down if it's all safe standing. <laughs> so there's nobody more disappointed in the, the, how the delivery of safe standing is being rolled out than me. Yeah. We need the full South end out ASAP. I've got, um, one. Chris, Kablan. Oh yeah, Chris Caban was a highlight for me. I'm at yeah, Chris Caban is only a highlight. What are you talking about? Uh, the, the fact that he never played. Yeah. I did get to see him play for the Monarchs. Him. Yeah, and he oh. is he is, he is as beautiful as was promised by the photos. So good. It's just the weirdest, like the way that signing went down. Like we brought him in, we sat on him for two months, we cut his contract early, and sent him back to SK Beverin. And then just a little bit later, we sent Everton Louise to SK Beverin for free. I don't, there, it just it, it felt very weird. Yeah. And to that end, uh, I'd also add the uh, un- unceremonious departure of Everton Louise, uh, who had a couple of really good seasons with this club. He didn't quite recapture that, but in the end, he was just kind of gone one day. I feel like that's a metaphor. Yeah. I just feel like. Uh, I was going to say um, that the transfer windows in general were kind of bizarre. I think they really lacked urgency sometimes, like especially the last one. I agree with Kyle that I think um, Oviedo and Ojeda definitely played well in those last two games. Um, but like the transfer window was billed to us as like, this is these signings are going to help us make a push, uh, which was an insane thing to think because we all looked at those transfer signings and said, they're not going to play for a month at least. Um, before they're going to be ready for this team, and this team could be out of playoff position by then. So, like that, the transfer window. Like, I, I think that ultimately those players are good signings, but they were not the they were not the signings to say that like, hey, we're we're pushing for the cup this year, um, because that's the way the club advertised those signings, uh, and it was clearly just like not true because they were gone. They weren't able to play, and Danny Masovsky, I mean, frankly, didn't play. So. Um, I think that for this season, like just this half season, you have to say the transfer window is a failure. Going forward, how we look at that going forward is different. Maybe Ojeda and Oviedo turn in really good seasons next season. We're not, you know, we're like, hey, long term, this this played out really well, I think. But over the short term, over the, the end of the season, you have to say that the transfer window was a real missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also weird, like John Kimball going on. The radio is saying that we had a roster to compete for MLS Cup. I like and and host MLS Cup, no less. Yeah, I just don't appreciate the lies, <laughs> but because like that obviously wasn't true. Well, we were never going to compete for MLS Cup this year, and I think that was made abundantly clear when we came across LAFC at a kind of a pivotal, 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 pivotal. There pivotal. We go, sorry, a pivotal moment in the season, and we just got like. I mean, we saw it's it's kind of 
perfect that like we got absolutely smoked by by Gareth Bale doing two things all season. One of them was against us, and one of them was to win the MLS Cup. Essentially, um, yeah, it's just uh, I, I don't know. I I uh, this this ownership group has a lot to prove uh, as far as transfers go. So um, yeah, and uh, low light for me. who didn't explicitly mention it, but um, just Demir. I still think we may have seen the last of Demir for this club, which really bums me out. I know he's like, um, they're talking about him being as part of the plans for this next season, but that back injury, it's just, and how, and his age is just kind of still worries me quite a bit and really bums me out. Um, if we have seen the last of Demir, I mean, either way it bums me out. Cause like losing a year of your career at this stage, like, isn't, isn't ideal. So yeah. And if there's anyone who doesn't deserve it, it's yes. Demir. And there are people who do trust me. Just kidding. I don't know. I don't know who does Cristiano Ronaldo. <sighs> I feel com- comfortable in saying that. Yeah. 100%. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, maybe we should have ended with that. Well, <laughs> with that. if, if there are no more low lights, I actually have a list of medium lights. Uh, Give me some medium lights. not everything is yeah, good or yeah. bad. So I'm going to rattle through. Can I throw in, can I throw in one more low yeah. light? One more. And, and I won't, I won't discuss it too much because we talked about it a lot, but the U S open cup was oh. such, such a horrible low light. We've talked about it ad nauseum, a huge missed opportunity for the club, um, an embarrassing result. And, uh, everyone associated with it should feel <laughs> a slight bit of shame every night that they well, go to sleep. Priority, it was yeah. very bad. Can we just take a moment to appreciate that Lucas at least saved some medium lights for us to end this episode? Not on that note. It's so. it's the perfect representation of off the crossbar Ray Salt like podcast. All right, I'm gonna rattle through these. My medium lights are Cordova, just as a player. Uh new owners, so they've yet to actually deliver anything. RSL's overall play in the league, Justin Miram, David Ochoa's US Open Cup game. Uh, the jerseys, they're fine, but not great. And then Diego Luna's playing time. Yeah, those are all pretty medium. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty... Obviously, I disagree on one of them, but the rest of those are right up in the medium. So. Which one? Sergio Cordova. Oh. I, I don't think he's a medium. I, you know, but. I, I thought... But by the end of the season, I think it I think it does become a medium light for me. It was, yeah, me it too. was pretty frustrating to, to start with. I think he did have some really big moments this season where he showed... A good amount of quality and uh i don't still don't know what the best use of him is uh if it should or shouldn't be him as a uh striker um i don't see us switching away from that anytime soon so um yeah well he's not rostered on the team for next year yet so mm. maybe we'll yeah, change. he'll he'll be around i'm sure i think but all right anyway. well um i guess uh that probably wraps it up that wraps it up have a really nice Thanksgiving, everybody. We uh, next time it's we record, trip. we'll probably have two World Cup games under our belt. Next week's Thanksgiving, um, we'll know if uh, we'll, we can recap. <laughs> we can. T- I want to talk World Cup. I know Trevor doesn't want to, but whatever. <laughs> He's not here, I'll, so I'll talk World Cup. I like. I want to. I want to cover. I want to talk about it because I'm real excited. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but like, it, there'll be some fun watch parties and, um, yeah, it'll be good. So I don't know. I know there's a lot of issues like Grant wall got in a lot of trouble for taking a picture of a, of a motto that was written on the wall to promote the world cup. And 
yeah. they made him delete it from his phone. So there's gonna be it's gonna be weird seeing what comes out of this, but hey man, we're all um, having a good time. So yeah, I I mean Kyle, I will do it with you. Sounds good. I need but that. you know what I am. I know. I, I'm aware. And I'm I'm a hater. So if things aren't going well for you, you may not actually want to pod with me. <laughs> oh, I we'll see. I'll I'll see how I feel next week. But Monday yeah. is game one, and I'm very excited. Great. Well, I just wanted to say uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And uh, we've given you a two and a half hour for your travel time. A two and a half hour episode. Yeah, for your that travels. is a cons- so, that's a that's a chunk. As you're on the road and uh, on your flights, I hope I hope you enjoy these these nice hours. <laughs> and if you want to pay us back for this, uh, just go to Colin's uh, Twitter. It's called you C O L. Y-O-U, and uh, donate to the Utah Food Bank, is, if that's oh, still active. Yes, yeah, so are you active? still going on that? Oh, yeah, it's still up. Great. I love it. Okay. So go go donate. Cool. All right. Thanks, well. guys. That was fun. Good night, guys. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.